A huge congratulations to Whalen Bay. They are the number one dealer in sales in the nation for Mako and Tahoe boats. How cool is that? Hey folks, Captain Kevin Favor here for Whalen Bay Marine, and I've been telling you for years how much I love the Mako Pro Skiff Series. They're an absolute inshore fishing machine. But don't forget, they also carry tracker boats, nitro performance fishing boats, sun tracker pontoon boats, and Tahoe boats. Now you want some bigger news? Whalen Bay is now the dealer for Ranger boats. The new Ranger Saltwater Bay boats look amazing. Also, Ranger Aluminum Series and Ranger pontoons, which are perfect for fishing and just relaxing. So now, no matter what your boating needs are, Whalen Bay has you covered. And I can promise you that when you buy your new boat, all the folks at Whalen Bay will make sure your boat is rigged correctly and in a timely manner. You can do all this at Whalen Bay in St. Augustine located at 845 State Road 207 or give them a call at 217-3778 or visit WhalenBayMarine.com. Whalen Bay Marine, your authorized dealer for tracker boats, Nitro, Sun Tracker, Tahoe, Mako, and now your full line of Ranger boats. And remember, every day is a boat show at Whalen Bay Marine. Welcome to the Nimnik Chevrolet Outdoor Show. Jeff Lagerman, Captain Kirk Waltz. And Were you waiting for Kevin to do that? Why, kind of, yeah. Kind of. Yeah, he that's his, that That's in. his thing, man. That's what he's supposed to do. He slipped it in because he didn't tell Chris and I last weekend anyway. He didn't? He didn't no. He no. didn't tell you guys uh-huh. he was playing hooky like, today? No. He was like, no, I'll see you guys next weekend. Nope, and I'm sitting here I'll waiting. I'm all worried. I figured he's driving all the way from St. Aug. I figured it might have been an issue. You know what happened, don't you? Okay, I'm going to tell you what happened. Weather. By the way, did you guys wake up this morning and walk outside and go, oh yes. my God. I walked the dog at 5 o'clock. Loved I walked it. out there with my tea and I looked up and I said, God, this is a beautiful day. Beautiful day. Oh, indeed. I mean, I'm just... going to tell you, I'm going to tell you, folks, if you're just waking up and you haven't been outside yet, need to go out there. grab that cup of coffee and go outside and enjoy this morning. Preach I mean, on. Sunrise... Matter of fact, that's what I'm going to do right now. See you. Okay. Sunrise has got to be spectacular. Hey, get my cup of coffee out of the truck. Yeah, get, my, get mine out of the truck, too, would you, my tea? Well, me and Kirk are scrambling to get, to get in here this morning. Kirk ended up uh, cooking up a storm. Yep. And what do we got on the menu for the day? So we've got fresh-made lobster cakes. Oh! With, uh, with homemade tartar sauce. Son! Just finished uh, cooking those, sauteing those up, and then I made some fresh-made uh, cinnamon rolls. Look at you, dude. Though. Yeah. So favorite really, Dude. He, he missed out. He I guess favorite has to karma, right? Karma. Well, you know, I was thinking I'd make shrimp Creole, but I just didn't have enough time yesterday. So yeah, it's all right. I mean, lobster you know. cakes. Oh no! Hey, Twist listen, we'll, we'll take shrimp Creole next week. And I actually bought brought in some some clothes and hats and stuff. You did and, man, uh, you're like the giver today. And then I actually had uh, a, one of our listeners, uh, Cooper, that hooked Kevin up and I with the Seymour card. The what? The Seymour card is the... Um, the Seymour card. Yeah, it's the... Uh, Explain. Basically, it's a it's a, a small chip that you put into your GPS. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was uh, Cooper. Uh, I saw something online yep. that he was going to kind of hook up with you guys. Yep, and he finally did. And he so, brought- basically, it was a card of, of fishing uh, numbers. Not necessarily that. It shows you the 
the relief of the bottom okay. all the way up the St. John's River. He's got it mapped out all the way up the St. John's. Okay. Um, and he and I were talking, uh, I think it was the day before yesterday. I don't know. The, it was a busy week for me, so the days run together. Sorry about that. But he actually told me that when he plugged it into his machine and looked at it, there was a railroad track right there at Mayport that went into the river. Really? A railroad track. Uh, wow. And I was like, you're kidding. He goes, no, man. He said, I had to look at it twice. He said, I couldn't believe it. He said, I saw it and I looked at it again. You know, and that's how they built the Mayport jetties. Sure. They, you, you know. The rail. I mean, they didn't have They used a rail line in flat cars yeah. and they pushed those, those big giant boulders off of flat cars. Mm-hmm. And when people look at the North Rocks, that's not a sidewalk up there. That was the original That's the old trestle. railroad bed, right? It was an old trestle. Okay. And what they would do is they would put giant trees on the bottom. And we know this because Charlie Hammaker, who wrote the Cane Pole Wisdom. Which was uh, one, of the, one of the great reads that you could oh, ever lay your hands on. And, was, I, and I can't find my original one. I got two. I got the one and the two. Kevin, uh, um, excuse me, Steve Mullen and I, when I rode with the Jacksonville Sheriff's Office, we went. Went by there when we were we were off duty one day heading home. Yeah, and stopped in and and Charlie invited us in the house, and we bought three or four. Of yeah, the, I would. Know, I, I, I the wish I could get editions. my hands on a couple of them. But actually, had a chance to sit down and talk to him about that. Oh, that's which cool. was just awesome. Great big book of knowledge right there, right? Really, and and that's how he told us. He said they put giant tree mats down, then they would dump the big boulders off on top of it, drive poles through the middle. And then pile the boulders around the, the poles, and then they would frame it up and use coquina from the beach with cement uh-huh. to build a trestle. Huh. And so they put all the boulders on flat cars, short rail, and they would back it up and dump all those boulders Off the out back in. on both sides. And so the one on the north side that everybody thinks is a sidewalk is not a sidewalk. That's a, an old So, so there trestle. was actually a uh, uh, kind of the same thing on the south jetty. Yeah, and I guess, but the, you just—it's just not there anymore. I guess no, it's gone. Uh, you know, Hurricane Dora came through here. I think in '68, '69, and and blew it all out. Seven, I think it might. Yep, have been. Yeah, 66, 66 yeah. or it's in the late '60s. Yeah, somewhere in the '60s because I, I I was remember this because uh, Parker told me this story and that he was he was born I think during that hurricane or or something. So uh, this uh, thing that you got from Cooper, it's a uh, where did he get it from? Um, he actually, uh, is a good friend with this guy and he has this, his friend developed this technology to do this. Um, and you, they, I guess they took a, a sonar de- boat device uh-huh. or something like the core engineers would use and did downscan and side scan sonar and mapped the whole bottom. Wow. All up and down the East coast, all over the United States, up in the rivers, um, and I know a lot of the guys are probably reluctant for me to talk about it, but it's going to come out sooner or later. Sure. Um, it, you know, it, it's, it's a little pricey, but I mean, for those people that want to upgrade their sonar device, sure. their chart plotting device, especially if you're Technology navigating. Technology is just, it, it is incredible. Well, in today's world, I mean, the more technology we, we have, a lot of times the more safe we can be. And in a lot I'm of all for it. If, if you're going down into Keys or you're going into areas where you have a lot of, ground structure, bottom structure, in the navigable waterways, this just helps you be a little safer. Mm-hmm. But it also provides you relief of what the bottom looks like. You know, there was a TV show on, I think it was either the Discovery Channel or, or one of the other ones that, that was on cable for a while. Mm-hmm. And it was called Drain the Ocean. 
Did you ever see yeah, that? I, I, I did not watch the series. It was a series, wasn't it? It had a couple of different shows yeah, it was to a it. Series. Yeah, yeah, a couple I, of different water. Remember that, Chris? Right? Yeah, I, I, saw, I saw the promotions, but I never awesome. ended up watching it. I, and I always dream of that. You know, you go offshore, and all right, I'm going to stop right here. What does it look like? And what does it look like? Drain yeah. the ocean, and I walk from the beach to here. And yeah. how cool would that be? In, the, be. in this series, that's what they did. They would go in, and they would just drain the ocean and go, this Visually, is what the bottom looked they, like. Well, they wouldn't physically do it. No, but they would do it through technology. Right. Well, this, so that you can kind of understand what it looked like. Yeah, and, and that's how they did it. They did it with seismic sonar. And that's kind of sonar what this thing that, is, this Seymour mapping. Right. High-resolution chart. What does this cost? Just, I mean, you said it was pricey, but— I'd say five or $600. Okay. I, for some people, that's not pricey. No, it's not. Um, uh, I mean, to be honest what you're going to get out of it. I mean, it, it, it can be very—I mean, for, look, if, for the guy that's, that's a weekend angler right. that is— uh, fishing out of Sisters Creek and staying inshore. Right. I mean, I yeah, I get it. But right. for for a lot of like charter captain, tax deductible. I mean, <laughs> I know. Why not you know? sign me up? Find out what units it will go into. Some of them are, you know, because of the type of technology it is. You've got to have a little more advanced unit, and um, you plug it in and you upload it and you go Pretty to your cool. charts and it's bang. Pretty cool. What well, well, we got? But well, I, I thought that was cool when he told me about the railroad track. I was like, that's incredible. And he goes, oh, it's unbelievable. So have you looked at I have not stuff? done it yet. Okay. So um, I brought that in for that's Kevin. That's going to be neat. Yeah, for him. Oh, you brought it in. So since he's not here, I get to keep this? <laughs> Probably. I can, I can plug this into my- <laughs> See what he did there? Into my kayak <laughs> electronics? <laughs> I don't think it'll work in that technology. You got to have a little more of an upgrade there. I, I see. And then uh, I, I don't exactly have the uh, the latest and greatest technology in really anything, to be yeah. honest with you. Yeah. I don't, but uh, but a technology is an amazing thing, and we got, we got a lot to get to today. And part of that technology is is that the Captains for Clean Water movement wow. Wow. had the Florida Skiff Challenge, which was over the last two days. If they couldn't have picked the, the worst time to do it. The worst time, but then again, they had really good weather yesterday coming up the East Coast. Boy, the day before they didn't. The day, well, they had to contend with the Gulf and that, that frontal system that oh pushed down. Oh, my God. And, uh, you know so they took a whooping. If, if Folks, if you don't follow us on social media, you need to go to our Facebook page. We're also on Instagram, and we provided the links to where people could follow along for this Florida Skiff Challenge, yeah. which is a, it's a race to raise awareness for the water quality in our great state. And uh, what they ha- have is there, there were six marine boat manufacturers that entered this race. Right. And the, uh, the event is that they leave from the Florida-Bama state line, the Florida-Alabama state line, and then they are to circumnavigate the entire peninsula of Florida uh, this year, they changed the rules a little bit to where they did not go around Key West, and I totally agree that that should have been taken out because these guys are restricted with uh, 18-foot boats, 70-horsepower max, 22-gallon carrying capacity, Jeez. and these guys go from the Florida-Bama line all the way around the tip of Florida and then finish up in Fernandina Beach. And I can't imagine running a boat that small in the kind of chop no they way. had to deal with. I, I, my back would be crushed. I'd be I'd, I'd be ruined. Crushed. 
I'd be out of commission for six months. It's it's what it's crazy that you say that because me and you and I think Kevin have been talking about this ever since we became aware of that. And we had Chris, the owner of Hell's Bay Boats, who has been uh, I think the last they won the last couple. They won this year, by the way. Congratulations! Wow, to Hell's Bay. Yeah, they won again. Man, and. Uh, and when we, we talked, Chris, the owner of Hell's Bay, we had him on the show. I think it was last year, wasn't it, Chris? It was. And uh, and he's he's an older guy. Yeah. Okay. Yep. He ain't a spring chicken. And he's got drove the boat for Hell's Bay. Cause it's two. It's is you. You're allowed to have. I think it's uh, five man crews. You're allowed to have two in a boat, and then you're allowed to have three in your chase crew. So right. the land based people that are providing you fuel and service and everything else. And uh, so they started out with six different boats. It was Lake and Bay, Key West, Sea, oh, um, uh, uh, what was the other one? Sea uh, Pro, I think it was, That's and right. then Hell's Bay and Yellowfin. And I think there's one other one that, that I'm probably missing there. Well, you, we talk about the back issue. The captain for the Key West boats right. blew his back out. Oh wow! I mean, they, they and you know the rules are the rules, and that if you you can't insert a new guy to drive the boat, mm, yeah. So, I mean that. So they were disqualified. Yeah, if somebody's done, you're done. Yeah, and I mean, I mean, I I totally can relate to that. I blow my back out after, after no an doubt. hour or two. No I doubt. Mean, after sitting like that and driving that little. Uh, oh man! If I'm standing is one thing, but sitting. And I'd they, have to sit. Some I'd have of that. to start with a brace. And and folks, it, all you go to fa- your Facebook page or your Instagram page and just search Florida Skiff Challenge. And then if you didn't have a chance or an opportunity to follow along, but the, when I say technology, and I was mentioning technology earlier, what was cool is that while these guys are racing around the peninsula of Florida, mm-hmm. they all have GPS units on their boats. Yeah. Okay, and they're not taking any kind of significant breaks and so you can follow along and find out where they are yeah all they're doing is driving they're i mean they're hauling rear end they're just yeah and the cool thing is that you can follow along find out exactly where they are and the only thing that that kind of got screwed up is that yesterday the technology didn't update quick enough because I wanted to see these guys pass along our coast because they were going to bolt up the Atlantic because we had a west wind. So these guys are hauling butt. Yeah, running the coast. Running the coast. Yeah. And I wanted to see them run by. Yeah. Well, my the the map on that Florida Skiff Challenge didn't update, and it was showing them down around um, uh, Matanzas when, in fact, I think they were already coming by you know, where I live at now in Ponte Vedra on the beach there. I wanted to see him go by. I was out there all day. I did not see him. Well, they they came by last night. Okay, yeah, so I was going to say because they weren't out there yesterday during the day. Around uh, 10, 10 p.m. ish. Okay, between <laughs> oh. ten p.m. and eleven oh. p.m. ish is when they they arrived in Fernandina. I'd be ready to stay at the spa at the Ritz Carlton for like three days. <laughs> and I think they ran. I need a massage. They like when they when they went out from from what I remember. Okay, they came, uh, uh, like Canaveral. They stayed back into the Indian River. Right. And then there's like a little place you can squeeze out into the ocean. They jumped out of the ocean there, ran north, and then they ran the ocean essentially all the way up. I think until Mayport, and then they had a couple places they had to come in and fuel up, et cetera. 
And then, uh, and I may be a little bit off on some of this stuff, but then they ran up and then turned in Mayport. And Jeez. they're doing this in the dark. I mean, I, I just, you know, uh-huh. and, and it's just cool that you can follow along. And so go to the, the, the social media pay, places, Instagram and Facebook, and check out some of the videos that they show of these guys that live. And they're running in seas when they started this thing in, I don't know, is it like four foot? I would say three to Ish, four. Right? To. Three to four. It and was blowing, man. Well, and you've got a, you know, if you're running a boat like that, Insane. you got one hand on the wheel and one hand on the throttle. Buddy. Up and down and up and down and, and these up boats, and down. These, oh, are, these are, the hulls are essentially the hulls of boats that they make. Okay, it's, these are not, the insides are a little bit custom made for them to make this Florida Skiff Challenge race happen. Right. Okay, like for example, they got fuel containers, they got NASCAR lids where they can fill this thing up with 22 gallons, tur- turn up this fuel can, and it goes, yeah. and I mean, you know, real fast, you know, vented and everything like it is from NASCAR. Right. And, uh, I mean, and the, some of the things I they have a bat back brace. Did you, did you hear what they had to deal with the, uh, hell's Bay boat? No. Their, their motor mounts on the back came loose, came off on what? the, on the left side. What? Th- they had, they had to finish a leg with it's kind of just hanging on. And then they run another leg with it kind of, I guess you could say, semi-fixed until they could get to the next leg to get the things that they needed to fix it. That ain't good. (laughs) Can you imagine? Uh Uh-uh. I mean, it's it's crazy. That's how people get hurt. Oh. Man. Way cool race, way cool to follow along, and the best part is it's raising awareness for the water quality in the state. Yeah. And uh, and that's, you know, you need as much of that as we possibly can to make sure that, that our water is taken care of. And so kudos to all of those guys that participated. Kudos to the boat manufacturers that have committed to this. And kudos to, to everybody associated with Captains for Clean Water yeah. for making all of this possible to where we could follow along yeah. and, and it raises tremendous awareness in the process. It, it, it's just awesome. Anyway, let's take a break. We have a lot to get to. And, folks, again, I'm going to tell you this. If you have not been outside yet, Get up, get, up get your go. cup of coffee, and mm. go outside and enjoy it. Because Sun's this coming up right now. This might be the last day that we have like this until we get to October. If you're lucky. If we're. If it might we're, be November. It might be. <laughs> All right, let's take a break here on the Nimnik Buick GMC Outdoor Show. So I'm a little jealous jealous of uh, Favor and Carrie. They got a chance to go over to the Steenhatchee River Club. Yeah, that's nice. And uh, me and Tara were actually game planning uh, a, a, an upcoming trip to Steenhatchee River Club. Do it do it soon. Two reasons why that uh, we got this on our minds. One is Favor and Carrie talking about the trip that they had over there. Yeah. And they had you know the charter. They got the cabin, the Steenhatchee River Club. And then Linder sends me pictures this week of all these big mangroves and sheep's head from out of crystal river and i'm like jeez i gotta go i got we gotta go go have some fun yeah we gotta go so uh so we're planning the trip to steen hatchie river club and if you'd like to do the same 352-498-3222 to head on over to the west coast of florida 
All right, uh, let's uh, let's do an update here with a weather and a tides, and I'll do the weather. Is that right? Yeah. Okay, I'll do the weather report. Brought to you by the Beer to Pig, the finest barbecue in Jacksonville. If you haven't been there, your stomach is being neglected. The weather for today, got a high pressure remaining over the east Gulf of Mexico today, eastern Gulf of Mexico today, while a trough remains to the northwest, keeping elevated winds and seas over the waters through Sunday morning. The trough will move northeast of the waters tonight as high pressure settles over the waters by early Sunday. High pressure will shift east of the waters through midweek next week with a frontal system approaching the region by late next week. We don't need any more rain. No. What does that mean? Got a small craft advisory in effect through this uh, this evening. Today, west winds 15 to 20 knots, increasing to 20 to 25 e. in the late morning and afternoon. Seas 3 to 5 feet with a period of 4 seconds. Intercoastal is going to be rough. Tomorrow, northwest 5 to 10, becoming southeast in the afternoon, 2 to 3 feet. Monday, south winds 5 to 10, becoming southeast 10 to 15 in the afternoon, 1 to 2 feet. Tuesday, south winds 5 to 10 knots, 2 to 3. Wednesday, southeast winds 10 to 15 knots, 3 to 4 feet. This uh, this wind, even though it makes the seas a little bit rougher, I mean, right now, who cares? Like I said, get out, yeah. sit outside, on the porch, on the patio, enjoy a cup of coffee because right now <laughs> – the temperature outside is about 52, 53 degrees, and it's outstanding. The humidity, which that's the one thing that I kind of have a little bit of a internal temperature gauge on, the humidity is way low. Oh, and I tell At you what. it feels it, low. It was wicked a couple of days ago right before that front hit us. I mean, you went outside, and it was like, holy smoke, it was so Humid. Yeah. And you knew if the thunderstorm really came humid. through, it really was going to be humid. some heat in it. Yeah, the, the, the storms that we had this week, and, and Chris, I don't know if you felt it, but you just, I mean, the day before it arrived and the day of, oh yeah, it was just sticky. Mm-hmm. It was very humid. Sticky. And right That's now they're saying the, or at least the it's what it's saying right now is that the humidity, let me pull this up here, in Jacksonville, so which is 52 degrees, by the way. It's the twenty-eight percent right now. Sixty percent. What last week? No, right now. No, I'm reading twenty-eight percent right now. Are you now. really? Yeah. yeah. No, that can't be right. You sure about that? You're reading mm-hmm. the wrong thing. No, uh, Jacksonville weather weather widget, uh, which Chris so uh, excellently provided. Uh, Jacksonville Beach, high of sixty-seven, low of fifty-three. Currently, winds west at twenty-three miles an hour. Humidity is thirty-three percent. Okay, I'll buy it. I guess we're saying um, that today is going to be 60% on this thing yeah, that I'm looking Yeah, St. Augustine right now, humidity is 35. And right where we are right now, it's 28% humidity. <laughs> so that's very low for us. I mean, that's really low. I, I just, just could tell you that when I walked outside, I was like, gosh, it feels so good out here. High of 66 today. The only thing that's a bummer is like yesterday was the dadgum wind got up about 10, and it blew 20 to 25 all day long. Yeah. All flipping day. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was. It you was couldn't hide at, from at it. the beach. The, the sand was blowing. Yesterday, the worst thing about the wind we had yesterday, it was mostly west northwest. Mm-hmm. You can't hide hardly from a west wind around here. It's it's very difficult, at least for us in, in Mayport. You can yeah. go up the ditch in a river. You can hide in some places. Yeah, there are some where, spots. where you're at in the river. No, and no. From downtown south, you can hide. There's some places to hide, but 
boy, golly, it made it tough. But that would have been a long poke for you to go. Yeah, I I made a poke yesterday. I ran up the river a ways, froze my guys out, poor Tim and, and uh, Will. But the uh, Tide's brought to you by Angie Sub, the finest sub shop in Jacksonville. Yeah, Folks, if you yeah, haven't yeah. experienced Angie's, you really haven't been in a true sub shop. You can go into the Brand X. We won't mention their names. But if you go into Angie's, the eclectic atmosphere, the entertainment is second to none. The potato chip selection is, by God, the, the biggest one I've ever seen. Guy makes homemade brownies, puts them up, boiled eggs, makes a real fine salad if you want to bring your wife in and she's on a diet. And they have the best smoked turkey sandwich. Right, Jeff? <laughs> I'd throw that in. They, uh, By the way, uh, Gordon went to Angie's this week, and he had they had some kind of a special turkey sub. Nice. Yeah, I don't know exactly turkey what it milk. was. Maybe it, he had no, a turkey it was milk. some kind of a turkey sub, and, and he got it, and he was claiming it was fantastic. I loved it. I ended up going there, and, I, of course, I got a Dr. Bang's. Uh, I did not get a crunchy. I backed off of the Fritos. You know, I want to yeah. save you calories. Yeah, there you since go. Since I did have the French fries. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so what do you got for time? So high tide is at 240, or excuse me, 314 this afternoon. And a low tide coming up in the next couple of hours at 923. And here's the thing. Even though the low tide is at 923, with a west wind blowing 20 to 25, low tide's probably going to be around 1030. And it's going to keep pushing. And what you're going to find is the, wind, the, the, the river itself and probably the ICW are going to continue to push east mm-hmm. with the wind, though the water is going to be filling up on the bottom. I mean, it's, it makes it kind of tough. and Kind of weird. Yeah, if you're trying to fish the river, it'll be smoking. I mean, it'll be smoking. All right, so we got, uh, we got a couple of uh, clarifications here on the humidity because uh, Parker and Gordon wanted to chime in. that the, oh. and I, I said 66%, and they said that I was correct. Oh. Well, they didn't say that. Okay. It's just me saying that. Yeah, <laughs> okay. Oh, no, we'll clarify that. Parker, Parker was like, um, humidity is always higher in the morning, and then it starts to go down as the day. He says right now where he he's at, it's, it's about 72, which he knows. And then uh, Chef Gordon said about 68%. They're at, uh, at Green Acres, the ranch, as he calls it. Green Acres. Yeah, the I ranch. You. I don't know. I Not just Green like, Acres, Groon. Groon. Groon Acres. Groon Acres. Yeah, Gordon Groon. Acres is the place to be. Keep going. Sorry. No. I, <laughs> I was just looking at the weather widget on the weather forecast page. It that, just feels so good outside. It though. is gorgeous. I mean, I walked outside at 5 o'clock this morning, and I was like, wow. I had on a light jacket, a pair of flip-flops and shorts. Mm-hmm. Dogs running around sniffing, you know, and I was like, this is beautiful out here. Oh, it's fantastic. Not, a, not a hardly any breeze. Either. There's about five knots of wind. Hadn't picked up yet. Low humidity. Did you turkey hunt this week? No. What? I had to work. Come on, well, man. you know, we had two days, two days, Tuesday and Wednesday, mm-hmm. where Tuesday the forecast was 70% chance of rain. Yeah, not, not good. Not good. And so I looked at it, and it looked kind of edgy, and I mm-hmm. thought, I'm going to drive all the way to Fargo, mm-hmm. get there, it's going to rain. And Tucker's not going to talk in the rain. You know, they might talk a little bit, but I'm like, no, nah, I'm not going to do that. So well, I did, sometimes it's just not, it's not fun. I, no, and I did some work around the house. And then, sure, you look at Wednesday, and Wendy's like, yeah, 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 it's 50% chance of rain. It's looking be- worse. And I'm mm-hmm. like, all right, I'm not going. I got work to do around the house. I'm just going to do it. So I bailed on it. It was beautiful. Both days, Tuesday and Wednesday, should have gone, you know? Yep, should have gone. And then Thursday. When are you going? 
So if you didn't go this week, when are you going? You going to go this week? I, I'm, I'm going to go up there today. We got to do a little bit of work today around the house, and then I've got uh, Tuesday and Wednesday off this week. Ah, so I'm going to go this week. There you go. You know. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I, I, I got to get it in, man. Had a few things to to to, to take care of, so um, uh, I'm same way. I will be at it hard starting tomorrow. I went up there once this week, and I will tell you, the Mersqueeters, they bad. <laughs> I went up there and met Kyle up there last Saturday after the show, and there the was, flying vampires are out. Man, I I hate the giant tiger mosquitoes. I have never been to a place that has more mosquitoes than Fargo. Oh. I just I just I'm telling you folks, if you want to go to the buggiest place on the planet, just go take a little visit. Yep, uh, somewhere around the Okefenokee Swamp. I got up there right after the show last Saturday and met Kyle at the cabin, and he had hunted that morning. He said they gobble like crazy. He said the neighbors across the street shot once. He said the uh, um, Ivy's down on the other end of the property on the north end. They shot twice. But he said he heard five or six different birds gobbling all over, and it was kind of like, okay, which way do I go? Mm-hmm. He said there were strut marks in front of the cabin. Mm-hmm. In the dirt road. So he said they were all over the place because nobody had been up there in a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. And he chased one for, he told me he did the dance from 6 in the morning till 9.30 and had him going. Mm. And so we came back, had lunch, poured down rain up there Saturday. I mean, it poured. And we got out later in the afternoon, about 4 o'clock. I said, let's go back out, you know. Let's go. I'll go behind the cabin. I'll give you the rest of the place. Mm-hmm. You got the whole property. So he had saw a couple birds earlier. So and Kyle likes to walk the whole property. He doesn't even drive. So he walks from the cabin all the way to the canal, which is a, a mile and a half away. Mm-hmm. Cuts through the clear cuts and stalking along, slipping. And he said he saw a hog that looked like it weighed about three hundred fifty pounds in a clear cut. Oh. So he put a little bit of double up buck in there and kind of slipped up on it. And, and got busted. Uh. He said the hog ran off. Uh. But then he got back out on the main road, started walking around. He said he got to one of the corners and leaned around the broom sage. And he said about 30 yards down the road, there's a gobbler in full strut with a hen. And I was like, oh, that must have been cool. And he goes, yeah, he was spinning around. And I was like, man, you couldn't get a shot. And he goes, no. He said, I slipped up in the sage, sat down, started calling, calling. Nothing. He was hung up on that hen. Mm-hmm. He was not coming. Mm-hmm. But we both haunted. And I kept thinking, you know, there's a lot of skeeters out. It's really wet. It's been wet, and I wonder how the river is. And all of a sudden, I'm walking down the road, and a whole herd of hogs, ten of them, crossed Ugh. fifty yards in front of me. And I was like, I I know why these hogs are up on the high ground. I guarantee you that river's out of its out of its banks. So he goes down to the edge of the river road, and I know we got to take a break, but the Swanee River's way out of its way bank. out. Oh yeah, yeah, up yeah. in the woods. We got a thousand acres, five hundred under. I got a story to share with you when we come back because I got a got a visual on the Okefenokee Swamp. Really? Oh, a good one. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll share that story with you when we come back. And folks, uh, you're listening to the Nimnik Buick GMC Outdoor Show. Want to remind everybody that look, if you have an HVAC issue, thick pan heating and cooling, nine zero four 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 eight. 1962, and that's from anything from a new system, commercial, residential. You need a fix. They can handle everything. Big Pen Heating and Cooling. Again, 904-448-1962. 
like a like a five minute song to play right now. Hey, I can just let this play if you want to keep eating. Kirk has made homemade lobster cakes. Yeah. I mean, holy cow. Gordon, Parker, oh, on you notice. guys would like this right now. Gordon, you'd be proud of Kirk now. I mean, this is, uh, that's really good. How long yeah. did it take you to make that? Um, About 45 minutes. That's, I mean, that's out. just real quick. I mean, uh, <clears throat> because this is not our Kirby Co. cooking tip of the week. Kirk is going to bust out a little recipe that he has for beef ribs, I think, that you put together this week. Yep. But uh, how long does it take to make this? The crab cakes or the yeah. lobster cakes? About 45 minutes. I mean, and the onions and the peppers you got to cut up, mix the stuff up together. Then you use a little olive oil to you can throw a little bit of egg in there. What, what, so you got um, uh, lobster, obviously. Yep. Uh, what else do you got in there ingredients-wise? You main, got main red peppers, uh, green peppers, onions. You've got uh, a little bit of egg. Okay. And you've got a little bit of binder in there. Usually, it's uh, breadcrumbs. Any particular, any particular like Italian breadcrumbs? Plain, just plain. Plain. You just want to use plain. Progresso flavor too much. Okay. A little old bay. You can taste mm. the old bay when you bite into yeah, just it. Just a tinge. Yeah, just a little bit. That's got to be careful about the old bay. Yeah, if you do too much, it just overwhelms the food. Yeah, that's outstanding. And then I pan sear it with olive oil. Mm. Make it all, you know pretty healthy. Mm. Yeah. Really good. Oh, yeah. Really good. Don't All right, uh, so uh, before we took a break, you were talking about the Okefenokee Swamp and the, and the Suwannee River being so high. Are you guys – have you ever guys – have you guys ever taken a flight? Because on the way back, we were in Chicago this past weekend, me and Tara, and on the way back, <clears throat> I always kind of anticipate coming into Jacksonville because a lot of the, the flight patterns take you somewhere near Fargo. Right. Georgia, which I'm always looking out to see where we're at. Mm-hmm. And uh, planes don't fly over the Okefenokee Swamp, from what I understand. Right. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. But I know you, they always seem, and we always seem to be on the edge yeah, when you you're in a plane. Even when you're up there, you don't see many planes. No, no, no but around the edges, you will. Yeah. So whereas we're flying into Jacksonville and we're, we're kind of hugging. I guess it would be the northern edge of the Okefenokee Swamp. And a lot of times when you do that, you can see some water here and there, and then you can kind of tell that it's swampland. I yeah. mean, it, there's a lot of water in yeah. the swamp. A lot of water in the swamp. Oh. And I, I can tell you, I'm sitting there looking out, and, and this, is, this is, I mean, I, I don't, how many square miles is the Okefenokee Swamp? I don't know. I mean, it's huge. It's giant. It's huge. The floodplain is, is humongous. I just can't imagine. If you got stuck, stranded in the middle of that place, what the hell would you do? <laughs> you'd <laughs> die. That's I'm telling you, man. That's all tough. you do. You just plain die. You know, you never. You remember that? And folks used to go into there, go into the swamp on purpose. Now spend days. Remember the explorers yeah, trying I'm, to cut through there? Yeah, but Kirk, I'm talking about you know some of the old. And Mister Bill used to tell me about this. Ooh. And God rest his soul. Yep. He used to tell me the stories about some of these guys that used to basically make a living in the Okefenokee Swamp. Yeah. From alligators to you name it. Ducks. They would go into the swamp for days on end. Yeah. I can't imagine that. I I can't either. I go down there for a day. You talk about buggy? Hell no. 
There's Ugh. always stuff in there. If you sit down, I, I when I was up there turkey hunting the other day, I sat down in some straw next to a tree by my with my chair, and I put my I put my call down in the straw, and I looked over, and there's a scorpion. Mm. And I'm going, what? Well, that that would have felt good. Oh yeah, you know, sit on that real quick and see if that don't like. Have you, you ever up. been stung by a scorpion? Never. Me either. I, and I don't want to be. I have dodged that, and there's plenty of them up there. And then you've got wolf spiders. Uh, I, I, you know, and we found which just make your skin crawl, make your skin crawl, and they can bite you. And then you've got black, snakes of all kinds, black widows. Mm. I rolled a brick. You over don't there. like spiders, do you? I do not. That's not my favorite. <laughs> Man, I got I lit can pick up, up by, all kind of bugs. Lit up by a wolfie. You did? Oh my! In my house. Yeah, they'll bite. Yeah, you. They'll yeah. Bite it you. was uh, it was hiding in the rail of the French doors of my old house. Mm. And and I didn't know what it was, and so I brushed with my hand, and man, fuck, Bang. both fangs right in, and oh my god! It's like getting stung by a bumblebee. It was bad. Yeah, it hurts. It really does hurt. I, hurt him a lot more. But I, the, the thing uh, is, you, you know, when that floods up, I, I'll never forget. Mr. Bill told told me a story one time about the, 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 the what was the football team that we had that wasn't the NFL it was the Jacksonville Bulls mm-hmm. and yep. the guy Matt Matt Robinson Matt Robinson mm-hmm. and another guy told Mr. Bill that they wanted to do a walkabout. Do you did you ever hear that story? Yeah, yeah, tell it. And so he's telling me, and he goes, you know, Mr. Bill, he was great. He'd sit around and he'd he'd have a little glass of bourbon and he go well this is what happened you know no, they, scotch he, he had scotch he and scotch soda guys. scotch and go, soda baby. buddy come on and he's I like tell you right now he's like and it was famous grouse <laughs> famous grouse scotch and wall famous or no, grouse a scotch and soda so he had famous grouse and soda that was his drink kirk and he didn't drink anything else all i remember is he told me he goes these two characters Mr. Bill, we want to do a walkabout, and he's like, well, "What do you mean?" And he's like, "Well, we want wanted to be adventurers. They want to we want living to, off the land. We want to live off the land and hike right through through the forty through the pasture." Sure, you do. And he's going, you know, that's pretty thick out there. And he goes, "Nah, we'll 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 live off the land. We can take our <laughs> take our rifles." You tell it, Jeff. You probably know it better. Now, than I'm, I I'm going to have you. I'm going to have you tell it, but I just want to clarify something in that Mr. Bill was president of this company called. Superior Pine products. And Superior Pine was, and I think still is, the largest privately held piece of land east of the Mississippi. Wow. Which uh, the they own, or owned, I, I want to say it was, uh, and I think they're still in, up in that range, and Mr. Bill has passed on. But <clears throat> I want to say it's, 200,000 acres of land Mm -hmm. that was owned by just a couple families, okay, which Clinch County, they owned like all of Clinch County on the bottom end of the Okefenokee Swamp. And so the pasture, what you're referring to, Bill would always keep out of this 200,000 acres that uh, that they had, a lot of it was, uh, you know, all of it's obviously for timber, some of it now is for blueberries, but they would keep. 42,000 acres of that 200,000 acres private. The rest of it they would lease out for hunting clubs and mm-hmm. et cetera. But, Chris, the if you can picture on a map, look at the Okefenokee Swamp. There is the Suwannee River coming out of the Okefenokee. All right. So the pasture was this triangle-shaped piece where the eastern border 
was the Suwannee River. The northern border was the Okefenokee Swamp. And then the western border was, uh, I think it was 441, which uh, goes yep. from Fargo, Georgia, right there on the Suwannee River, and then goes up towards some other town or whatever. Homerville. Uh, yeah. Further up. <clears throat> I can't, but I, th- I don't think it was Homerville that 441 went to. But anyway, my point is, is that when Kirk is talking about, okay, we're going to go for a walkabout in the pasture, most people think of a pasture of being like five acres. No, right, exactly. Okay, five, 10, or 15 acres. This is acres. 42,000 <laughs> acres, and there is nothing wow. on it. Okay, and then if you were to go across to the north, you would – be lost into the vast expanse of the Okefenokee Swamp. Your only hope would be is to either hit the river on the east mm-hmm. or hit a highway on the west <laughs> if you talking, get lost. But we're talking about almost 64 square miles of the thickest jungle, I mean, that you can think of. All right, so we're going to take a break. We're going to come back and we're going to talk to tell the story about the walk. Oh, you can finish the story about the walkabout. And uh, and then I, I've got a topic that I want to bring up, okay, about how come we have all these fears about wolf spiders and snakes and things like that. But we'll talk about evil. We'll talk about all of this and more <laughs> right here on the Nimnik Buick GMC Outdoor Show. So I found out uh, yesterday that Hagen Coastal Outfitters is getting ready to have and is in the process of doing a little bit of a remodel at the Mandarin store. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, tell. Uh, they're doing a little reorganization, and uh, the Hagen Coastal Outfitters section there in Mandarin is expanding. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. They're going to have a kayak center, okay? Oh, a clothes, kayak center. More, hey, um, by the way, they've that got- That sounds official. They have a ton of the boat products, you know, mm-hmm. which is the inflatable paddle boards, the boat dock, which is an inflatable kind of a hangout place. They got boats got inflatable pedal drive kayaks. They've got the inflatable chairs. I mean, the boat stuff is cool. And uh, who would have thought? I mean, well, I, th- I thought it was pretty smart to come up with the name boat, and but spell it B-O-T-E. Mm-hmm. I think, I mean, even though it's kind of simple, it's yeah. very genius. Yeah, you know? I like it. Anyway, all available at Hagen Coastal Outfitters. Uh, don't forget, uh, Hagen Coastal Outfitters is inside some of the Hagen Ace hardware stores. And right now it's Yuli, Mandarin, Green Cove, and what's the other one I'm, I'm missing here? St. Augustine. Nice. Uh, Yuli. Uh, so they got, you know, it's coming in uh, more stores. So just kind of hang tight. All right. So back to the story on the walkabout. So we're at the pasture. 42,000 acres. I can't of, remember the other guy's name. I, knew I was, don't remember either. He was a guy that played with Matt at the University of Georgia. Right. It was two of them. And they were going to, they were dead set. They were going to just walk about. And, I, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, I think Bill gave him a radio or something to take something. with them at the very last minute. Said, here, you better take this. Yeah, just in case. In case you guys get in the weeds. Mm-hmm. And... And, they, and he was like, you sure you want to do this? And I'm talking about the thickest gallberry patches, palmetto bushes. They wanted to, to basically do like a survival thing. Yeah. They wanted to walk the pasture. To go, to literally stay out there for a couple days. Yep. You know, eat what they can kill, 
sleep wherever. Yeah, backpack in with some pup tents. Yeah, yeah exactly. bags. Right. The basics on their back. A gun for, you know, to harvest an animal. Yep. Um, and they took off. Didn't go so well. <laughs> Didn't go very well at all. I think, did it last a day or two uh, days? I don't the, remember. The, was, I think it lasted about a day. And uh, between the bugs and them getting lost. Yeah, they got lost big time. They were begging yeah. to come back to some sort of civilization. They were like, Mr. Bill, come in, Mr. Bill. Come in. We're... I can tell you this. I'll tell you another story there about this place, okay? Uh, Scott Parker story. Me and Scott Parker go up there, and we're going to go squirrel hunting. I drop him off at this one particular place. And I said, I'll meet you back out here on the road. Yeah, such and such a time. Right. Well, I'm back out on that road at such and such a time. Uh-oh. Ain't no Scott Parker. Oh, boy. <laughs> Scott, I know you remember it. And he eventually came out because uh, he, he was smart enough to where he had, there was a creek that went to a river that was kind of bordered by roads. So, I mean, he had to not cross the creek, not cross the river, and eventually find his way back to the road. Kirk? I ended up finding him down the road a couple miles, I think it was. Wow. He got turned around, and uh, but he was smart enough to get back. You know, He knew that he if he just went to the, I guess it would be the uh, to the west, that he would eventually find the road. I've done it. But, yeah. I mean, that swamp. You can get turned around. It's thick, and once you get down in there, it all can look the same. I, um, I, I swear I got trapped down there one time years ago deer hunting. And I've got a bad habit of putting a climber on my back and just walking down in the swamp until I start seeing good sign. And I hang the climber and I hunt. And I got down there one day and got turned around and all I had was my phone. And guess what? You got no signal. Mm -mm. If you got no signal, your compass is not going to work on your darn cell phone. And I'm like, golly. And I spent hours trying to find my way out of there. There was no traffic coming by on 441, so I couldn't hear anything. I ended up having a, a get when I was out there hunting with Mr. Bill and Fargo and, and that whole crew. And uh, and by the way, uh, I, I miss them greatly. I haven't seen a lot. But I miss Mr. Bill, obviously. Yeah. And uh, But I haven't seen a lot of the guys that, uh, that used to see, you know, from Robbie, Robbie to Colin and Colin, boys. Little Jay. And, yep. Boy, it's know, been a long time. And Matt. And, June uh, Bug. Uh, June Bug and <laughs> gosh, Mike, uh, yep. uh, who was the retired post guy, postal worker there, Caleb, Caleb, yep. super nice guys and great crew and yeah, they were good guys. Yeah, but anyway, uh, great stories, great times, and uh, I feel very fortunate to have been uh, to have had the opportunity to meet it's Mr. One of Bill the and that whole crew. Coolest places that I've ever spent time around. It, I, is. it has been it's something that it's very dear to my heart up there, and we. We try to take care of that piece of land like it's our own. Well, you got it, a great piece. It, it's it's just it's so unique to be able to drive ninety miles west of here and go out there in those woods and be gone, be gone, like like gone, gone in the middle of nowhere, gone. I always told my kids, I said, if it all goes to hell in a handbasket, everybody meet at the cabin. That's all you need to know. We will make it. All right, let's uh, let's go to the phone lines. If you'd like to join in, folks, uh, 904-641-1010 here on the Nimnik Chevrolet Outdoor Show. Let's go talk to James. Morning, James. Hey, good morning, guys. Morning. Um, well, let's see. So I, I kind of want to put some information out there in lieu of uh, all the residential construction going on in St. John's County. 
for recreational opportunities. I've kind of got some information for you, and maybe you guys might even know this already. But uh, and this this land is is really beautiful. It's surrounded by every every typical uh, Florida swamp you could think of, um, with with a lot of uplands. But it's 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 in the twelve mile swamp area of St. John's, right here in the middle of the county. Mm-hmm. And uh, now currently, there's 276 acres is managed by the St. John's River Water Management District. But in a few years, when that timber lease is up on that property, the there's competing agencies that want to manage it, so that it's going to become like 26,000 acres. Oh wow! Or so, and it extends. Um, I don't know if you guys you know know the middle of the county there, but it stands all the way from pretty much from the north end of um, of uh, two ten, where that where that residential development butts up to the power line. Okay. Then you go all the way down to what we call Nine Mile Road, which has actually been renamed IGP right. National Golf Parkway, extending south and going east and west to ninety five and US one. So it's a pretty big chunk piece of property but i'll tell you I, I i can't tell you who who i work for or what i do but i have seen the absolute largest everything on that property hmm. i'm talking diamondbacks water moccasins deer hog you name it bobcats uh yeah there, it, it, there's a lot of recreational opportunities there and, and from what i understand the lease is going to be up in 2025 so then it's going to be managed and right. you know uh, there'll be a lot of opportunities there. See, James, here's why, gotta, here's why I'm concerned, because the very first two things you talked about being so big were snakes. <laughs> I have seen some prehistoric era diamondbacks in there. I mean, I bet. I'm yeah. talking about so big that just a stare can kill you. You know, one of those types. Yeah. Um, yeah, There, there is a lot. Of, but, but I tell you, for some reason, that property, that piece of property, basically encompasses all the recreational opportunities and all the different types of forest community types in Florida. I mean, they're all in there. Every single one of them that, that I pasture, you know, cypress swamps, bay swamps, uh, t- tidal swamps, uh, you know, uh, uplands, uh, cypress domes, I call them. They're domes, basically like a island surrounded by uplands. I mean, there's everything there. Well, how and, are uh, how are people going to get in uh, the opportunity to utilize that? I mean, um, well, here here's the reason why you can utilize it because there are already there are already a whole bunch of established uh, dirt grades that were put in there by Rainier, okay, the timber company. I mean, there is access to a lot of a lot of areas on that property, and not only not only are there uh, you know, dirt grades, uh, very maintained dirt grades, grass and sand shell, uh, you name it. And plus, there's a lot of trails that go off those grades too, uh, survey trails. And so, what do you, you want to what, like, what do you want to see the, with this property? I mean, if, when you when you oh, call I, in and oh, you I tell us about it, I mean, what what? Uh, I, I want it to be opened up wide open as a WMA. Oh, I got you. I got you. You'd like yeah, to see yeah, it be yeah, utilized yeah. for a, for a WMA in the future. Yes. At some point, yeah, like the state of Florida to purchase. Oh it. yes, yeah. Because it, I'll tell you, not only, not only, I'm talking about ecotourism for the folks that come here to visit. Mm. You know, an old town in St. August. I mean, that place is going to be knockout eco opportunity. 
you know, for ecotourism, hunters, uh, hikers. and I mean, there's a lot, a little bit. I'm just glad you're now. talking with hunters as part of the ecotourism. Oh, yeah, yeah, yes, yes. Yeah, with, <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> a lot of people's mindset when they start talking about ecotourism does not include hunting. You're exactly right. You're exactly right. And, and uh, I know that, uh, I mean, I know that there are uh, hunting clubs there in the there have been in the past, and there and there, and there is and there have been a lot of a lot of good stories that have come out there. Yeah, I definitely would include that. Just just like when you go, uh, when I say ecotourism in Florida, fishing is number one, right? Fish, fishing is a big dog. You cannot say I'm going to go boating without including fishing in Florida because it just doesn't yeah. it doesn't go go True. together. But yeah. oh yeah, yeah, I I, I support the. I support both. All right, well, right James, now, we got to take a break. We got to take a break, James. You, All right, you, guys, you got to do, do me a favor and then talk to Chris and see if you can pass on some information on this because uh, we love. Look, we love the more WMAs, more public opportunity. We're all about that, yeah. and uh, if we can get more uh, with our state, okay. especially because right yeah. now, uh, that's the one thing that you're finding is that the opportunities for public land in the state of Florida is shrinking. Yeah, that's just a fact. Thank you, James, and uh, Chris will be on with you in just a minute. Let's take a break here. We come back. We're going to do, a, I believe, an LV Hires, Inc. gear tip of the yeah, week right here probably. on the Nimnik Buick GMC Outdoor Show. Welcome back to the Nimnik Chevrolet Outdoor Show. It's time now for the LV Hires, Inc. gear tip of the week. LV Hires, supplies quality fuels and lubricants all across the southeast and they can help your job site your business you have to do is go to lvhires.com let them help you with your bottom line this week's tip all right so uh we downsized yeah we we uh, went from a nice house we've got two garages to one garage essentially and right so uh, space is at a premium, and Captain Kirk is going to be the lucky beneficiary of the, the lack of space. I like it. And he's getting my uh, rod rack that I built so long ago. Nice one, too. It's in the back of my truck right now. I uh, right go fit out when I went and got your coffee. Yep. Very nice. And uh, so I, I had to come up with an idea to store some fishing rods. And a little limited on vertical height in this particular garage that we have. Right. Okay, so uh, I could almost reach up and touch the touch ceiling. The ceiling, yeah. And so, so I guess that's probably about an eight-foot ceiling, which for a garage, that's kind of low. And uh, so I wanted to find a way to get these rods stored up and maybe out of the way. And I was thinking about different ways to do it, maybe building a new rack on the ground. And then <clears throat> as part of this uh, aluminum kayak rack, and if you look at the picture on our Facebook or our Instagram page, and Kirk, if you look at it too, yeah, the picture that has the kayaks, and then this aluminum metal frame rack kind right. of thing, right? Adam Triov, all aluminum concepts, built that, and it's a oh, it's, nice. it's a kayak storage system, and then it has <clears throat> the room on the top. Okay, see that bar and see the the fishing rods on top. Right. Well, I kept looking at that, going, well, man, if I could create something kind of like that, but have it up and out of the way on the ceiling, that'd yeah. be awesome, right? Need a lot of floor space. Give me a lot of floor space because I had tripping over rods and reels. Exactly. So I started thinking of different ways to do it. I I went online and searched to see if there was something that you could buy that was Mm -hmm. pre-made. There Mm -hmm. was nothing that I could find. 
And so I said, okay, well, maybe if I take a couple wooden dowels and then uh, use like some chain and then connect it somehow to the ceiling, right. maybe that would work. And then I started thinking about, you know, you, because it's at the beach, you know, the salt air, corrosion, metal, you got to be very careful what you use. Right. So I ended up settling on this, which is stainless steel screw eyes that go into the studs of the roof rafters. And I used a stud finder to find them and also used a very small pointed screwdriver to confirm exactly where it was so that I could hit wood. Right. And screwed these screw eyes up into the ceiling, found them, and then and measured the width between each location of the four screw eyes. Right. And then I, in turn, drilled holes through these five-foot sections of PVC so that I could take paracord to go from the screw eyes through the PVC and then tie a knot on mm. the backside. And then you could adjust to make sure that you get the right height on the piece of PVC to uh, adjust the, the, the paracord. Right. So, uh, so anyway, if, if you look at our Facebook or our Instagram page, you'll see this little rod rack storage system that I came up with. And, uh, and it works awesome. Yeah, that's uh, clever. You know? the, the only thing I will tell you, the way, it, the way I've done it, it would be nicer if I had been able to find or, or to, to locate the screw eyes wider so the strings would be wider on the PVC so that if you had rods on one side and he took off on ones on the other side, it wouldn't tilt. You know what I mean? I got you. Okay. Because since these cords are coming down in the center, you need to make sure you have the weight centered on this piece right. of PVC. But nonetheless, it still works and it's excellent. You just got to be aware of that. And this, I mean, PVC... Is it's gotten ridiculously expensive with the cost of everything? I mean, it's just yeah, it's a joke. Oh God! But I mean, for a homemade rod rack, yeah, these two five foot sections of all it is, it literally it's two five foot sections of PVC. I got four end caps, right, and then a uh, a little wrap or uh, 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 I don't know how what you would call a a, a load of Paracord. I right. Mean, I don't know what you would call that. But anyway, I got a some. Roll. So I got you know, four screw eyes, yep. some paracord, two pieces of two five foot pieces of PVC, and then four end caps. That's all of this rod rack. All at Home that, Depot? That's it. Well, at, at Home Depot? I got it at, uh, at Hagen Ace. Hagen Ace, okay. <clears throat> and so all of that, easy. And a stud finder already had that, you know, and just find studs, put the screws up into the ceiling, and then, and then. Put your rods up and away. Get them out of the way. Get them off the floor. And so there's your LV Hires Inc. gear tip of the week. If you're looking to store the rods up and out of the way, here's a little handy vertical storage system. You can get your rod rack up and out of the way. And here's the thing. If, you're, if your roof is a little bit higher than this, which is not very high, then you just longer cord. And then Gordon actually brought this up and said that if you're not in a saltwater environment, you can use baling wire instead of the paracord so that it would provide a little bit more stiffness to the system. Right. And uh, and I like that idea. So Well, and here's another thought, too. You could always take and put some kind of weight in the center of that PVC pipe. Yeah, that, you could. That would pull it down. Yeah, you could. You could actually fill. Heavier. Yeah, if you, if you filled the PVC up with something. Sacrete. Well, sac, well I wouldn't say sacrete. You could do something. that. Yeah. yeah, you could put something in there, but you got to remember it's got to be something that's pretty firm because you're 
you're drilling holes through the PVC, so you, you don't want it to leak out through the holes. So yeah. whatever you put in there needs to be of kind of a solid, solid material. So anyway, that's your LV Hire Zinc Gear Tip of the Week, a little homemade rod rack storage system. It's just yeah. screwized PVC paracord, or if it you want to use baling wire, use baling wire. It works, man. But uh, yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was nice. But but that's how I got the idea was seeing those rods rest on the top of that little kayak storage system. I was like, gosh, if I could get something up and out of the way that's like that, that'd be perfect. Well, your rod rack is perfect because we're redoing our whole garage. Yeah, tearing it apart. And our daughter's finally moved into a new house, and all of her furniture we were storing for her. So you're all, getting room. Yeah, I've got big room now. You know, <laughs> it's getting bigger. Yeah, Kurt, Kurt gets the, the, the new rod rack. All right, uh, let's take a break. Uh, we come back. Got to share a little experience with you yesterday and a little recommendation for you for the weekend. And uh, it involves mm, food, food, of course. Oh, and yeah. it also involves lots of fun. There you go. Lots of fun. And it's uh, something that happens every year in our community. And we'll talk about that and more right here on the Nimnik Buick GMC Outdoor Show. Don't say it. Say what? You know what you're going to say. Kirk, what's he going to say? Is this the uh, Atlanta Rhythm section? <laughs> you're so little Bob Skaggs, man. <laughs> that's one thing that's great about XM. I know. Is that you can you can get some of these channels that play some of this old stuff like this. It's pretty good. Well, you know, even with Pandora, anything, it's free. Yeah. I mean, I download Pandora on my phone into the truck, and I just pick out, like, you know, if I want to listen to Travis Tritt channel, mm-hmm. usually 60% of the songs are Travis Tritt or Almond Brothers or whatever you want to listen to, Boss so, Tags. So uh, when I talked to you guys last week and we're in Chicago and then the concert was that uh, night, Chris, did you ever go and, and take a listen to the Avett Brothers? Oh, no. No, I didn't. I want to tell you now. <laughs> They were good. They they put on a show. Now was That's it awesome. kind of like, you know, country bluegrass well, mix? That, that, I think or that's kind of the unique thing about them. And, and I and I always like when when you go to a live music event that you have. What's the way to put this? And that you you you're expecting something, but then sometimes you get more. Right. Okay. So the Abbott Brothers, when you listen to them on the radio, or you listen to them on, you know, Pandora or Spotify, however you get your music. Right. They have kind of a folksy, country, bluegrassy kind of a way about them. I like that kind because of music. they got the banjo. Okay, and I'm always, I've always been. I've said this many times. I love the banjo. I love bluegrass. I always have. Kind of I like good music. A bit. If it's good, good, good music, music, I like it. And uh, and these two brothers, which that's why they call it the Avett brothers. I guess they're you know six, seven, eight years apart, whatever they are, and they kind of grew up. Uh, in their own separate groups, you know, and then they came back and, and got together and, and formed this band, and their sister actually plays on the piano now for them. So right. it really should be the Avid Kids or some whatever you want to call them. Yeah. And uh, and they, they they actually got a little bit of rock and roll going a little bit. And, uh, I mean, it was a little bit of everything, and the place was on its feet the entire time, and we just had a ball. The music was outstanding. The, the group did a great job. For two hours, man, they played, mm. and it was nonstop for two hours. So we had a ball. It was at the Chicago Theater, which is a historic venue of sorts, and so it was cool to experience that. And tonight, now did y'all have to wear a mask in there? No, oh, okay, no. And that was kind of one of the things I was kind of you know, wondering about: yeah. how was it going to be in Chicago? Because you know, Chicago is considered one of the more liberal cities that there is in the United States. 
and uh, they've had some issues in Chicago and still have some issues in Chicago, but it was it was fine. So uh, that worked good. out good. That's very good. Tonight, going to go see the Marshall Tucker Band. Awesome. Can't you see? Oh, wow. What, what you, that woman's doing to me. How oh, about, man. I mean, that's Fire on the Mountain. One of the, one of the great songs oh, ever. Lightning the in the Sky. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Love it, man. Yeah, great, great band. Playing a venue down around St. Augustine. Got an invitation to go. Spartanburg, South Carolina boys. Are they really? Yep. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Looking forward to that. Uh, we're going to be hanging out with our good friends, Annie and Greg. Nice. Which is always a, a great time. So uh, looking forward to that. And then got to be that, perfect weather for it tonight, too, man. Oh, yeah. God, it's going to be gonna beautiful. Be nice. Man. And it's an outside. Oh, yeah. It's an outside deal. That's perfect. Yeah. 50s. Oh. Bring, your, bring your lawn chairs and your cooler and let's yeah. go, man. Yeah. If I was in a band, I'd be digging that kind of weather. <laughs> Because you're going to be I'd, dancing around sweating a little I'd bit. I'd be digging that kind of a venue. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so right. looking forward to that. Uh, what I was talking about before we went to a break, this weekend is the last weekend for the Clay County Agricultural Fair, mm. which is awesome. It, it is. Folks, if you've never been to the Clay County Fair, and they're not paying us or anything to promote them or anything, they do a great job. They got, uh, And it's a great place to take the kids – They've got the rides and the games, and I got to tell you that when you go there, enjoy the rides, enjoy the games, the displays, all the different animals, food. If if you have kids that have grown up and have never really been around a farm, here's a great opportunity to take them out and show them some animals. Yeah, they got all the 4-Hers down there, right? Yeah, Yeah, it's it's great. That's cool stuff. That's great stuff. And uh, and today they got a, a lot of different things going on. You can go to claycountyfair.org to see uh, what events that they have scheduled, and they even have frisbee dogs today. Very nice. Okay, I like it. And uh, so we went down there yesterday, had a great time, and then at the end of the evening for us, we ended up looking for food. Mm-hmm. And I got to tell you that if you go down there, there is you know they got all the different food vendors. But I like that, man. Mr. Jerry Stalvey. Best fried chicken. He does some of the best fried chicken. Some of the best food, yep. period. Yeah, I agree. We went there. Mr. Gerald is cooking with Jerry. Yep. Jerry Stalvey's been around a long time, has cooked a lot of different events. A lot of barbecue, I'm man. I'm here to tell you that he can do barbecue like nobody's business. Man can cook some barbecue. Does great ribs, great chicken. He does, And I am a huge fan of his fried chicken. I love his fried chicken. It's good. And I and I can tell you, if you get there early enough and if he has them, his fried pork chops, he ran out. We didn't get one last night. Oh, <laughs> They're so popular. But uh, Mr. Jerry Stalvey, you'll find him. It's uh, Stalvey's, okay, S-T-A-L-V-E-Y. Barbecue, isn't yes. it? Yes. And what he got on the barbecue truck? It Stalvey's just, it just says Jerry Stalvey's, and it's just <laughs> got a little tent. It doesn't have any big signage that says Stalvey's or anything like that. It's just a white tent that they've got, and they've got – cooking going on but that's if you're down at the clay county fair man go go get you some of mr jerry's cooking gerald's back there working with him and it's uh it is outstanding Very had a great time yeah that's cool Very we cool. took taylor and uh and uh, uh layton which is our niece mm-hmm. down there and they had a ball so something good to do on a weekend especially with the weather today yeah the weather tomorrow i mean t- today and tomorrow are opportunities to be outside and doing stuff man and that's uh do it now before it gets too hot yes everybody's worried about how cold it is i said you know look it's gonna get hot enough soon enough 
Just hang in there. Plenty hot enough soon it's enough. It's coming. Yeah, but Dave, uh, the last day of the fair is uh, tomorrow. Today they have tractor pulls oh, going lovely. on at 8 p.m. Lovely. Uh, tomorrow they got 11 a.m. tractor pulls. Uh, they got some uh, Whistler's bluegrass tomorrow at 12 mm. p.m. Very nice. So uh, check it out. And uh, and I, I got to say that the the folks of Clay County do a great job with that, which is always enjoyable as far as the parking, mm-hmm. the organization, mm-hmm. the safeness right. of the Clay County Fair. And just a big thank you to all those people that go, and I know they work hard to yep. be able to make sure that all that happens at the Clay County Fair because I've been going to it for years. I started taking Dylan there when he and I still got that picture of him sitting on a, a tractor when he was probably about five years old. Oh, wow. And I've been going there every year since. And so that's 16 years now, I wow. guess, plus, you know. So cool thing. Thank you very much to all nice. the people that make that happen down there. Enjoyed the heck out of it. Anyway, uh, all right, so uh, I want to take a break now because we're going to take a break now. We come back. I want to give some folks a little bit of an idea of what's going on in the fishing world. Yeah. Because this weekend there's going to be some opportunities. Yeah, today and, and tomorrow it's going to be beautiful. And yesterday. Early. Yes, yesterday. Saw something on the beach that was incredibly encouraging. Yes. And so when the weather calms down, folks, there's going to be an opportunity, and we'll talk about that and more right here on the Nimnick Buick GMC Outdoor Show. CMH Marine Construction, if you've got a little piece of waterfront and you're looking to upgrade it to a piece of waterfront heaven, give CNH Marine Construction a call and you'll be incredibly satisfied with their work and their prices. They do a great job. Bulkheads, boat houses, boat docks, whether it be remodels, brand new construction, or just fixes. They can also handle any boat lifts if you need a new boat lift with a remote control and or anything of that nature, CNH Marine Construction is the place to call. Just uh, give them a call and say, hey, man, Logman sent me, and uh, I need to talk to Bob. Bob Matthews, okay? You asked for Bob Matthews. He's a good dude, and he is smart as a whip. you got some construction that requires somebody to kind of look at it, and it's unique, he can take care of it. All right, so b- before we took a break, some of the conversation I wanted to have was about the fish uh, and the fishing and the conditions that we're currently in, which we've yep. had an incredible amount of rain, which we were just talking about with the Okefenokee Swamp being It's It's unbelievable. Wow. I mean, we have a 1,000 acres, and, and I was just telling Jeff during the break, half of it's underwater right now. If you can imagine that the Suwannee is outside of its banks, up in the woods where the trees are 10 feet under the water. Which is not typical. Which is typically dry land. Yeah, it's typical. Well, then this time of year. Yeah. I mean, you, you can have that happen sometimes when it gets to be hurricane season, the rainy season, et cetera, but uh, it doesn't happen very often. No, it doesn't. At this point of the year. No, usually this we've time of, of year, of it's pretty dry up there. Yeah, we've had, had a good amount of rain. And so with that being said about the amount of rain, what does that mean for our fisheries? It's affected it. I mean, you got, you know... I know the guys have talked to Leon a little bit down south and Kevin this week, and it's obvious that the rainfalls had some derogatory effect on the fishery a little bit because the water's a little dirty. Um, 
the bait is starting to show up. You've got pogies showing up on the beach, scattered all over the place. Nothing huge yet, three or four inches. You've got – Saw a lot of them yesterday. Finger mullet starting to move. You've got the 10 to 12-inch mullet starting to move. And we've seen a huge influx just in the last three or four days of jacks and blues with a spattering of Spanish. I know people have reported that they've seen, you know, a good number of Spanish, but I have not seen that yet, even though they're, they're catching a handful. But I'm telling you, it's about to bust loose. Mm-hmm. Water temperature yesterday at the jetties was 70 to 71 degrees, and it's getting ready to happen. I really, you know, it's, it, we're on that cusp of the, the change in water temperature versus the, you know, the, the changing in the winds. Like you said, a southeast wind 10 to 15 is not necessarily a, a negative thing for us around here. What it does do is push in that warmer water from the south, and it helps. It yeah. helps a lot. I fished offshore this week one day. Um, I had a bunch of guys from the Naval Academy. What day did you get out? We went out Monday. Okay. So we, right, before, the, before the rain. Before the rain. So we pushed out Monday. Uh, Steve Mullen and I had a two-boat charter, and we had the fortunate uh, opportunity to take a bunch of Naval officers and Marine officers fishing. They'd all gone to the Academy together, and that was, that was really kind of cool. Great guys. So two-boat charter, how many people total? Seven total. Seven so total. Put, have a little competition going on there? Put four in my boat and three in Steve's. Yep. And uh, Steve won the large fish category for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, caught a 60, 70-pound black drum. Ooh. Nice. But it was kind of neat because when we got offshore, I hit a, a, a inch or spot that wasn't too far out, and I was shocked. The wind laid down when we got out there, and we were in about uh, 55 feet of water. And I was talking to Dennis Young on the radio, and he said he had seen schools of sardines out where he was at. Mm-hmm. And he was out east of me about another five miles. And lo and behold, the wind starts to lay down, and I look over, and here comes two giant schools of sardines to get up on this wreck. And I was pretty – pretty surprised because i'm looking at my water temperature and it was saying 67 68 on top Mm -hmm. that's a little cool but that was neat to see all that bait and then we left there and moved to another piece of hard bottom not far from the wreck we were on and it was loaded with sardines so that's a pretty good indication that we're starting to see a large influx of bait from the south now i'm looking at the pictures on on our facebook page right now and um on these pictures okay i can see a sheep's head Yep. Okay, and then below the sheep's head, it looks like a mangrove snapper. Mangrove snapper. Okay. Yeah, we caught mangroves, good-sized mangroves. I mean, those are really good-sized mangroves right there. They were big, and then we got on a a good bite of ringtails. We just kept a handful of fish. Okay, the ringtails, if you're folks, if you're looking along on our Facebook page, the the fish that are on the right of that picture, Mm -hmm. there's four of them, and there's kind of a a partial at the top. Well, I guess it's five of them. Right. Those five fish, those are ringtail porgies. Ringtail porgies. Excellent a, eating. Excellent. Just like a sheep's head. Just like a sheep head. Teeth just like a sheep head. They're a member of the porgy family. Okay, now what's the fish above the sheep's head? That's a, that's a ringtail. That's, that's another a, ringtail. That's just a large one. Okay, he's just longer. Yep. So as the longer they get, they because the ones on the right look like little footballs. They get, they, they're funny. They're almost um, circular. Well, they're all, everything right now is full of eggs. All the sheep head that we're catching right now I'd say 80% of them are sows. Most of them are egg bearers. Most of them have eggs. 
And if even the ringtails, if you open the ringtails up, a lot of these ringtails, they're full of eggs. So everything's getting ready to, to spawn right now. Now, the mangrove snapper, they weren't um, egg bearers, but they were good size. And we had a couple, and we had a couple throwbacks. And then, of course, in the lower pictures, you can see how slick the ocean was. It was just beautiful out there. All right, so what happened to the, to the seventh guy? Okay, you got a picture of six guys. You said there, there were seven. I don't know what happened there. I th- I don't know if he was taking the picture <laughs> and flipped that to me. I can't remember what happened there, but uh, th- there were seven of them. All right. Um, Ted, he might be uh, one of those guys that just can't have his picture taken. Maybe. You from know, the Navy. Maybe. <laughs> but they're, uh, as I understand it, they're Great all retired. Picture. Some of them are still working. Uh, I know one of them still works for the FBI, does some work with the uh, FBI, but yeah, that uh, uh, that post was uh, about four days ago uh, on our Facebook Instagram page. The, then the day before, Leon Dana got some pictures of, I mean, great pictures of a bald eagle. That was incredible. Taking down a pelican. That's insanity. And eating it. I mean, nuts. I mean, this is this um, literally. If you haven't seen this, it's from five days ago on our Facebook Instagram page. Leon got pictures in the intercoastal up on a, a sandbar, oyster bar, and this eagle has hammered a pelican and is now essentially eating it. It's munching it. Yeah. It's not like it's came across, you know, came across a pelican that was dead. Leon said that this was a full-blown you know, aerial attack by the bald eagle, and he attacks this pelican and makes an easy meal out of him. That's wild. I mean, I, that's incredibly wild. I've never seen that at all. And I was, and if you look at the post below that, Dave Schulte said he watched one carve a spoonbill out of a flock, which is a roseate or a pink bird, right? And take it down and eat it. And so, I mean, I guess when they're hungry, they'll eat them. I I watch a lot of nature shows on Discovery on Netflix and David Attenborough documentaries and. Birds of prey, they will eat whatever is available. I mean, they'll eat snakes. They'll eat birds, ducks. Um, I watched uh, one of the documentaries not too long ago, and and these eagles somewhere, I guess in the Andes, were attacking flocks of um, uh, cranes hmm. going across the Alps. Hey, food, baby. That's food. They got to eat. eat. You know? So. Got to eat. The uh, the other thing, uh, uh, Dr. Quentin Rowe, Dr. Quint White, Jacksonville University. He's the executive director of the Jacksonville University Marine Science Research Institute. And we put a link up. And he did it and does an article occasionally for the Florida Times Union, and it's on, at jacksonville.com. And this one is, uh, is entitled, What's Up with the Swarms of Worms Swimming in the St. John's River? Question mark. Outdoors radio show asked. And uh, Dr. Quentin White gave us a little plug, and when he talked about uh, the topic of worms and how it came up, and when we called him and asked him to come on, which you know, Dr. Quentin White is a friend of the show. He's been on many times, and he writes oh, this years. article and starts talking extensively about this worm hatch. And so it was cool to see Dr. White kind of put put pen to paper and then write this article about it. Yep. And uh, so we provided a link for people to see and to check that out. The other thing. That was really cool and kind of having a little bit of fun with this because, uh, look, folks, I'm not a fan of a man competing against women 
in swimming or any other athletic event. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. There's a, there's men and there's women. And okay. And it's pretty easy to, to distinguish the definition between the two of them. Yeah. We're built totally sorry, different. Okay. Yeah. If you don't like that, then you can turn the radio dial. It's just the way it is. Okay. But when I saw this video and the video is from our good friend, Marvin Hartley, who has been in our area for a long time and who has been a huge advocate and on the board of the National Wild Turkey Federation. That's right. And him and his wife, Edie, have been uh, amazing for raising awareness and money for the National Wild Turkey Federation, both nationally and also at a local level. And he got some incredible video of a hen displaying itself to another hen, which was a decoy, in a full strut attitude like a gobbler would do. And which was, I've never seen that. Have you ever seen that, Kirk? No. I've never I, seen that either. I, I was telling I was telling Jeff during the break, and all the years that I've turkey hunted, I thought when you sent that to me, it was a gobbler with a very short beard or Or no it, beard. Yeah, or no beard. When I when I first saw the video, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be totally honest. I thought it was a uh it was a gobbler that he just maybe he had an issue with the coloring on his head because gobblers when they get excited and and want to strut their head turns white red and blue oh yeah or should i say the proper way hey that red, happens to me red white and blue and i thought well maybe there's just something wrong with this turkey well this is a a hen a female that is in the strutting posture but believe it or not i kind of had an idea that this could happen because I'm, I've been reading this book uh, from Joe Hutto, which is called Illumination in the Flatwoods, which was recommended to us right. from one of our listeners. And I'm right in the midst of reading it. And he talked about how hens would strut. And so I was like, man, that's cool. I, I, when I was reading it in the book. That's wild. But I've never seen that in the wild. And so when Marvin sent this video, I was like, that is incredible. I mean, that is really amazing to see that. And, and to be able to capture that, that makes it even better. I kept looking at the front of its chest to see, to if, see if it had a beard. Indicate, yeah, a beard, even a short I one. I did the same thing. I'm like, there's got to be a beard there somewhere. I did the same thing. Because so, I know I killed a turkey one time in Fargo, and it came up out of the swamp in the wee hours of the morning, and it never changed color. When it came up, it looked like a hen, and I had to do a second look to make sure – I was shooting the gobbler and not the hen. Right. And, you know, I was like, God, he's not, he's not flipping his, you know, it's like a chameleon. They get in a green bush, they turn green. They get on a piece of brown wood, they turn brown. And a gobbler, sometimes when it goes into a strut, it just starts blowing up and it gets mm-hmm. red, purple. That one didn't do anything. Yeah, so uh, so we, we put with the post uh, gender politics in the wild. Just having some fun because of all this ridiculousness. <laughs> oh, my gosh. With gender <laughs> Oh. That we're having in our society? Are you kidding me? I just people, y'all need to get back to work. I mean, come on, get jobs and go doing? back to work. What are what we the, doing? Oh my gosh, <laughs> you're killing me. That's all, all right. I know. Let's take a break, and uh, and we come back more right here with Captain Kirk Walsh, Jeff Logman, Mr. Chris Wayne on the Nimnik Buick GMC Outdoor Show. Man, I just got a little bit of a laugh. My, my son sends me these uh, videos on Instagram. <laughs> and 
mine too. Yeah, yeah, we were, you know, yeah. back and forth kind of stuff. And uh, another reason I got Instagram is because he's got it. And he's like, Dad, you got to see some of the cool videos on Instagram because you'll love it, the outdoor stuff, da 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 da. Right. So he sends me this video of this kid who is on the back of a boat and he's sitting there holding this, this bait caster and he's got this tough look on his face like uh, he's sad. And there's a wrestler kind of, I guess, announcer or a guy that's a wrestler that will grab a microphone in the background and he's kind of kind of yelling at, at this kid. Yeah, sounds like the guy that does the Tide commercial. Yeah. Yeah. Steve Stone Cold Steve Austin kind Steve of Steve Austin, that's voice, right. You know, and he's yeah. yelling at him, you know, I can't believe you're hung in the same bush again kind of a thing. What's wrong with you? So when Dylan was a kid, and then Kevin Favors joined us right now, but Captain Kevin. So morning, Captain Favor. Morning, boys. How are you? All right, morning, so Kevin. you're talking quiet. We must be in a turkey wood still. Yeah, yeah, I was sitting on a food plot. All right, so uh, so anyway, so, so real, real quick, the story. When Dylan used to get hung in a tree or something, I'd just go and I'd just gently slap the back of his head just kind of a thing every time you get hung you get a little of that back slap in the back of the head you know kind of a reminder That's don't great. do that so he sends me that video and he goes he goes back of the head slaps lol <laughs> so it was a memory that he had and it was back of the head slaps that i used to wow. you know do to him if he got hung That's so it's cool that he remembered that yeah, and, uh, Kirk and I would have calluses on our hands if we had to uh, slap our clients in the back of the head every time they got hung up. That that, that wouldn't be acceptable, would it? I don't no. know. I'm getting to the age, Kevin, where it's like it is acceptable. You might be doing I, it. I, I, you know, I'm totally with you, Kirk. It's like, dude, I told like, you don't throw it in the flipping rock. Again? I mean, again? I, I mean, told I only you. have so many chickens. Just but flip you know it what? out. And, and, and Jeff, I have told you this a million times. Kirk. The way he fishes around those rocks and stuff with clients, I could never do that. I I avoid the jetties at all costs <laughs> because I mean, you know, it's it's such a difficult fishery. Oh yeah. You know, and and if you don't know how to fish around those rocks, it's it's brutal on a charter captain. I mean, you're just sitting there changing jigs. That's all you're doing the whole time. Mm. Yeah. Mm-mm-mm. All right, so uh, give us the scoop, man. What's happening this morning in Turkey Woods? First off, the weather's beautiful. Dude, I'm just, I'm just, I, I haven't heard anything in an hour. Here. I'm just sitting on a food plot. Like, dude, listen, I got, a, I got a beanie cap on. I got a gator deck. It's cold. I mean, but anyway, so we didn't, I had, I had a charter yesterday, so Kevin and I didn't get out of here until like 4 o'clock. I stopped Kroger, blah, blah, blah. So we pull up at like 7.50, and I'm unloading the truck. And I slammed the door, and oh, I went, oh my god! Oh no, really? So, yeah, wow. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. So, so I could hear birds while I was unloading the truck last night. So, you know, I was thinking, well, it's kind of it's gonna be good this morning. So I got up early, five thirty, and um, went to the side of the creek that I thought that they were on. And nope, they were on the other side of the creek. Oh. And, like, oh, god. and there's only Jeff. Jeff, I'm sure, just like with your creek crossing, there's only so many crossings. Yeah, okay. that's right. You can't you can't just cross the creek. So you, I got to walk way around and and get on these birds. And 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 there was there was two of them. Um, both of them were on my property. And um, and and then as I, I, I sat down, got settled in, talking to them, I, I don't know how many hens. Man, there was a ton of hens with them. Um, and they they hit the ground and they gobbled for about fifteen minutes. And at seven thirty, it went to nothing. I mean, oh. like, 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 you know, and you sit there and you're like, okay, well, which way did they go? You know, you, 
you take a guess, but it doesn't matter. Right. I mean, it, you know, it, it just, if they don't, you, know, you would think if, if, if you could just get one to shot gobble at a crow call. Something. Or, you know, something to, to give you some kind of direction to go. Um, but, you know, I've, I've set up three more times since 730, just walking around and, and nothing. And now the wind's starting to blow, but uh, it is pretty. It is beautiful. Yeah, it's once incredible. once the wind starts to blow, yep. it's hard to hear. It's hard to hear for two two reasons. One, the wind blowing makes it difficult, but then also the spring green up has happened yep. oh, way yeah. earlier than normal. Exploded. Yeah. It's exploded. Especially with the yep. recent rain that we've oh. had, Kevin. I'm sure that that makes it even more difficult to hear oh. sounds. And, 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 and just, you know, just what we talked about, you can't walk through the swamp. I mean, it's wet. so flipping wet. Yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, it's. I mean, to, b- before you get to the creek, you're you're ankle deep in mud. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's just it's so so you can't so you have to walk around all the way to your accesses to get across the creek to get to the birds, and, mm-hmm. and uh, it just it, it it makes it difficult. You know, and, and we you know I've been taught over the years that turkeys don't like to cross creeks, so we always try to get on the side of the creek that they're on. Anyway, it was it was it was a good morning though. I mean, I can't I can't, I can't complain at all. I mean, it was it was I had a chance and got to listen to some birds. But that that I, I told Jeff Kirk that there's a there's a bird on my property that that he and I have been he and I have been going at it for two years and and he was one of those birds this morning and and I just have to laugh because I I I, I told Jeff I said I I just think that he's 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 either gay. Or he, he just doesn't like turkey. I don't know because he goes away from the call or, every time. Or maybe Kevin, he's just being a turkey because this is the one thing you always tell people: a turkey in the wild, a male gobbles to bring yep. the hens to him. Right? It's not Absolutely. natural. The it's other not way natural to, nope. to to make a hen call and the turkey the gobbler comes in. I mean, so that's a little bit different. Uh, no, in in. And the thing is, the, the crazy thing about this bird is that he he goes away from the call, and he'll get he'll get a hundred and fifty yards away from you, and he loves to hear himself gobble. He will sit in that swamp and gobble, 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 and you can go way around and get in front of him, mm-hmm. and just slightly hit the call, and he stops gobbling, and you'll hear him. 150 yards the other direction. I hate when they do that. That that just drives me crazy. I got one just like that. I followed one down in the Fargo Swamp last year for three hours, and I was oh, like, yeah. unbelievable. Man, yeah, but Kirk, 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 how many days have you hunted that turkey, Kevin? Last year and now this year? Oh, Come oh um, okay. So, so, so last year was 12 mornings. Um, and this year's three mornings. 12 and then three. That's 15 yep. mornings wow. on a bird, yep. which you think and, is and, the and, same and, bird. It is the same bird. He, he has a very, very distinct gobble. He doesn't have that, you know, oh, I mean, really mean look. He's kind of got a, like, gobble, gobble, gobble. And he's uh-huh. not. You know, he, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he, does, he does not. He does not. I mean, and, and he, he's so distinct. And here's the thing. He's usually within 50, 75 yards mm. every morning of, of, of where, where he likes to roost. <laughs> I got one like that too, and uh, and me and him will resume the battle here shortly. Because the last yeah. year he drove oh, yeah. me crazy. I mean, I, yeah. I literally I would yeah. I laid my eyes on him like two different times. Yeah, 
it always reminds me of that story that, and that one of the funniest ones <laughs> Scotty Brown told of Captain Kirk uh, when when they were they were in the woods and he was calling a bird and Scotty said he came around and the gobbler was smoking a cigarette and Kirk was still making phone calls. I mean, calls. It, it, it was just it's the same thing. This bird, he, he, he's got me, dude. I mean, it, but it's still fun to chase him around. I love it. Yeah, we were camp landing. I'll never forget it. Dave Edwards was one of the biologists down there, and and Scotty and I went in there, and 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 Dave's like, "Oh man, I know exactly where you guys got to go," and he said, "I'll take y'all." So we get in the truck with Dave, we drive down to the end of the property, and it's down near the artillery range or something like that, and we get out. Scotty goes, "Oh, I know this area real well." He said, "We'll be back tomorrow." So the next day we came back, and Scotty goes, "I'm gonna go down this road a ways. You go the other way." And I walked a couple of hundred yards, and man, they were gobbling like crazy that morning. And I dove into this palmetto patch, and it was like a cove. I couldn't see left. I couldn't see right. All I could see was in front of me. And Scotty's down the road, and this gobbler comes in, and he's going all around this palmetto patch except in front of me. And Scotty's listening to me calling, and this turkey's just – every time I call, he gobbles. Every time I call, he gobbles. And he never came in front of me. It was so aggravating. We walk back to the truck and goes, yeah, he's over there leaning against a tree, smoking a cigarette, going, where are you at? <laughs> it's classic. That's awesome. Great story. Yeah, so so this week I'm taking the bow, okay? I'm taking the bow. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. I will say this. Remember the the injury that I told you guys about that I s- sustained from the uh, practicing shooting my bow from a seated position? Yes. Uh-huh. Okay? That was – I want to say that was 14 – that was 19 days ago. Uh-huh. Okay, Kirk, look. 19 days ago, and I still have a scab. Mm, that was a hole. I mean, it was – You got a punct- puncture wound. <laughs> I mean, I got, you I need to be wearing, like, Kevlar. You think? Yeah, exactly. Isn't that the second I mean, time you've done that to your I'm, leg? No. Well, Didn't no, you pull I, one out of a I, well, I pulled, yeah. target one time and I, stuck it in your I thigh? I pulled, and that's the, one of the most gruesome things ever. I sh- I sh- that, that was awful. I shot an arrow, okay, from my bow into this target, and then the target had a part of it that had some wood in it, you know, the edges. Yep. And so I was trying to get it out of this wood, and it was stuck. So I put my right knee against the target, put both hands on the arrow, and start pulling back towards my, my left knee. Well, it <laughs> pops out, and then the um, – what, what do they call the back the side? Knot. The, knot. the knot. The knot. Okay. Yeah. The, I, it pulls, and when it pulls out, I mean, I'm pulling with everything I got. I stick the knock right into, in your thigh. into the inside of my left thigh. By your femoral artery. <laughs> really close to the femoral artery. Okay, and that scar right there, Kirk, is where the arrow went in. That's and, bad. <clears throat> the knock is not very sharp. And so there was fatty tissue and matter all around. And as soon as I did it, I was like, oh, my God. And I was scared to pull the arrow out because I buried it to the the feathers. And I was scared (laughs) to pull it out. I literally thought it was going to be a squirting thing. Pulled it out. (laughs) I'm serious, man. I thought it was going to be squirting because, I mean, that's That's right there. That's That's where it's at. And I guess the bluntness, the dullness of the knock pushed it out of the way. So anyway, I stick my finger on it, and oh. I don't have my phone. I'm holding it. I'm scared to take my take my thumb off just to see if it's going to squirt. It doesn't. 
it was bleeding, but I'm like, oh my god. So I do. I called I called Doctor Fred. Doctor Fred, I stuck stuck an arrow in my leg. He goes, you better come on in. Yeah. Quickly. So anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So what's your yeah, plan well, for the rest of the day? I got a lot of work to do. <laughs> you know, uh, I'm not I, done with the turkeys, uh, well, man. Well, 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 uh, well, okay. So, so this side of the farm is swamp woods. The other side of the farm is hay fields and cow pastures. Mm-hmm. So, I'll I'll go check those before before I give up. You yeah. Know? But um, no, you, you guys, uh, no, Carrie and I are we're putting our house on the market. So we've been packing. A lot of stuff. Oh, fun stuff! So I, I got yeah, you know, you know all about it. Jeff. Mm-hmm. I got a trailer and a truck full of stuff from last night still that I got to unpack. Oh. So yeah, it's 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 all good, bro. Fun it's all stuff. good. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just wanted to call in, and uh, it was like what an amazing morning. It's just beautiful. <laughs> well, enjoy the rest so, of the morning. I hope one of them starts yep. getting a little conversational with you, so you can you can carry on a conversation with one from the wild. Good luck. Absolutely. All right, boys. All right, brother. All right, see you. All right, let's take a break here on the Nimnick Buick GMC Outdoor Show. When we come back, it's going to be time for Ring Power Cat Tip of the Week. Welcome back to the Nimnick Chevrolet Outdoor Show. It's time now for the Ring Power Cat Tip of the Week. Ring Power and a Cat Rental Store has the youngest fleet in the industry. Helps your job site and business keep on running without interruption and helps your bottom line. Go to ringpower.com to learn more. This week's tip, next week on Saturday, we will be broadcasting live from St. Augustine. We're going to be at the Fish Bites Trading Post. Very interesting. Um, have you ever been there? I have not. I'm, I haven't I'm either. I'm looking at the website online now. Looks pretty neat. I'm looking forward to it. We have provided the link to uh, Fish Bites, Trading Post, and also uh, the Tackle Shop on Liars Club, which uh, says in the picture it's in St. Augustine. And uh, it looks like uh, quite the, the place. And it's on uh, 170 Nick's Boatyard Road. Yep. Which oh. I, Boatyard Road, isn't that the road that goes around the waterway? That um, where all the commercial boat yards used to be. I'm not in St. Sure. Augustine. You might be right. Yep, off of US one. You mean? Yeah, off of US one. When you remember where the old dry storage place used to be on US one in St. Augustine, which is gosh, it's been years now. Yep. Since uh, that place was even up, they t- they tore it down. You might be right. I think it's somewhere in that area where the food trucks are at on the waterway. I'm going to have to uh, do a little... I'm looking at it. It looks pretty cool. It looks brand new. they got a tackle shop now. Um, they're open Monday through Sunday. Um, during the week, Monday through, looks like Monday through Friday, 8 to 6, 9 to 5 on Saturday, and 10 to 3 on Sunday. But it's kind of a cool story. They've got old pictures of, of Professor Carr, who actually uh, was the one that started the whole deal up when he started car specialty baits back way back when, when he was a professor working at the university and he developed uh, the study of finding out the feeding behaviors of marine mm-hmm. species and how they use chemical, chemical uh, stimulants to detect and track their prey. Mm-hmm. And the story goes that he cut his foot when he was younger in the 1940s when he was young with his dad 
and he immediately noticed that numerous small creatures began rushing towards the small cut looking for something to eat. Mm-hmm. And so he developed that scent and he focused on replicating the natural non-gaseous feeding stimulants in the lab, creating more refined and potent versions, and that's where we get fish bites today. All right, well, cool. Well, I'm looking forward to being down there. The the uh, Nick's Boatyard Road, for those people that don't know, I, I, I was close. If you go down US-1 and mm-hmm. then you pass where all the food trucks are, there on your left-hand side, you pass like the roads that go towards downtown St. Augustine, keep on going a little bit. Right. And uh, before you get to 312, on your left-hand side, there is a Sunny's, which I've been to many times. Yep, me and you both. Okay. I know it well. And if you were to take a left before you get to that Sunny's, mm. it is right down there on the left at 170 Nick's Boatyard Road. We will be there live next Saturday. So I come on down and join us. Get a Sonny's barbecue sandwich while sweet we're down tea. there. Get a Sunny sweet tea while we're there. Yeah, heck yeah. That's your Ring Power Cat Tip of the Week. Next week we'll be live on location doing a radio show from down there. Favor is going to engineer it. I've got my fingers crossed. <laughs> the look I just got from Chris. <laughs> Chris, I brought that up just so that I could warn you. <laughs> For real now. Hey, you gotta you gotta help Favor out now. He's gonna engineer this on his own. Okay, okay. I'll, I'll be here at five thirty. RJ can't help him. Well, Beef is uh, Beef used to be our guy. You know? know, Beef's I know. gone. I know. You know. Yeah, we will miss him sorely. Yeah, yeah we're we still staying still staying in touch with Beef. I shot yeah. him a text and uh, appreciate Beef and yeah, absolutely. Wish him all the best of luck in his next endeavor, but he's kind of always been that outdoor show guy engineer, right? When we would go on remote, and Chris yep. was forced to stay in the studio and not yep. enjoy always right. all the good food that how we it always have. works. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, favor's going to do that. So we'll see how that ends up working out. All right, uh, let's go to the phone lines. If you'd like to join us this morning, nine zero four six four one ten ten. But let's go up to uh, Camden County, Georgia, and talk to Mark this morning. Good morning, Mark. Morning, fellas. How have y'all been? Good, good. Yeah, y'all. Uh, y'all know my brother Dale. He used to be the guy out of Cabin Bluff. Yeah, yeah. I actually hunted with yeah. Dale a couple times. Yeah, he shot a really nice bird this morning. He called in three. Uh, nice. Probably thirty minutes after daylight. I had uh, I had one of those birds gobbled off the roost and got within hundred yards of him. And when they flew down, and I gave him a yelp, and then I had about three or four hens that were with him yelp back, and they decided to walk to the neighbor's goat field, which ended that hunt pretty quick. <laughs> but uh, that's pretty. At least funny. they got to hear one. You know, that's turkey hunting. If they fly down with a flock of hens, I mean, the only chance you guys try to get in front of them, and well, I just don't have the property in there to maneuver on them. So. I always like doing the dance, and if they do the dance. That's made my morning. If I can hear him going off and I can get him on the ground doing it for an hour, that's just to me that's magical. And if if, if you've if yeah. you've hunted all your life and you've never heard that in in the woods in the hardwoods, it's an incredible yep. sound. Yeah, I've been I've been chasing them. Uh, first year I turkey hunted was nineteen seventy four, so I've been doing it a while. And you're absolutely right. I always tell people turkey hunting. Not so much about killing the bird; it's the experience. But you get out there in the morning, you got the birds firing, and oh. you get to you get to dance with them, which is the exact same phrase I used. And you've had a good morning. 
to see an ex- whether you kill a bird or not. That's right. If you see an expression on a person's face that's never heard that, and you take them out in the woods, and you kind of you're standing there in the dark, and you go, "Okay, be real quiet. We're just going to stand here and listen for a few minutes." They're yeah. like, we're I not going to sit down. I'm going, nope, we're just going to wait. And then all of a sudden you hear one go off, and the look on their face is like, wow, that is so cool. Yep. yep. There's some guys can sit in the blind on a food plot all day long and wait for birds. And I just don't like doing that. I'm an old runner and gunner. I like getting in the woods and interacting with them. And if they'll come to me, I sit still and call one in. That's fine. But if they won't, then, you know, I'll kind of matriculate through the woods with them all day long and just try to get advantage on them and, and work with them. And if you, if you get him, that, that's cool. But if you don't, hell, that's cool, too, as long as you had a good morning. That's right. That's right. It's all about just spending time in the outdoors. Yeah. I was kind of hoping we'd have a little bit better weather. I was going to drive. I've got a lease up on the side of Pine Mountain near uh, Warm Springs. But the forecast up there, the wind's 20 to 25 knots all weekend, and I just wasn't going to drive five hours to hunt in that. No. Uh, no, that makes it tough. I've heard him gobble in the wind. No, I I know my son killed his first bird up in Fargo in a twenty knot, I mean gusty gusty wind, and they were still gobbling. Yeah, when I finally taught my brother Dale to finally start going turkey hunting the first morning, very first morning he ever turkey hunted, um, he shot one and the wind was blowing fifteen to twenty miles an hour. I mean, it was blowing so hard you had to kind of shake your head and say, you know, was that a turkey? And, right. We called we called that thing in like it was on a string. I think that was in like 1986 or something like that. Is he still hunting up there at Cabin Bluff or? No, you know they uh, that uh, most of that area now is the WMA. I got you. It's a wildlife management area. The state took over most of that, and they're managing it good too. They're uh, mostly quota for turkeys and uh, quota and uh, trophy deer. And it's open pretty much for all of both season, but they have trophy deer regulations in. So they're managing that property pretty good. And it's a big management area. I mean, it's like 20,000 acres. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. big. Big area. But that's, that's actually a, an opportunity for the public to hunt now. And I'd highly recommend anybody that wants a really good turkey hunt to apply for those quotas in that place. Yeah, that's a cool place. I love those oak hammocks up there. Yeah. Appreciate it, Mark. We got to take a break, brother. Y'all have a great day. Thank you, man. All right, see you. All right, uh, 904-641-1010, and uh, when we come back, a gender reveal story. That's pretty cool, man. We just got it on our on our Facebook page. That's cool stuff. And uh, and we can talk to you, 904-641-1010, right here on the Nimnik Buick GMC Outdoor Show. All right, uh, hey, if you've got a job to do and you need the right equipment, Coastal Equipment on New Kings Road and in McClenny, they've got it now. They've got a full line of Kubota products. They've got the Gravely Zero Turn Mowers, Hot Seat Pressure Washers, all the Land Pride attachments. They can get you hooked up in no time to take care of your little acreage or farm or backyard, you name it. They can handle it. Welcome back to the Nimnik Chevrolet Outdoor Show. Let's go to the phone lines, and up first is Gary this morning. Good morning, Gary. Good morning, gentlemen. How are you? Good. Good. Doing good. 
You know, when Top Gun told that joke a couple weeks ago about lying, I, I, are you sure he didn't mean Donald Trump? About what now? <laughs> he told that joke about the lying. Are you sure he didn't mean Donald Trump? So wait a minute now. First, first things first here, Gary. We don't we don't talk politics. We yeah. try not to. Yeah, we, try we try to stay to, away from well, that. Well, Top Gun does. We, Top we, Gun we, well, we, we try to stay away from it. Okay, we we try to stay away from it. And and if I was you, Gary, you I'd be careful about uh, referring to Trump as a liar in some parts. Ain't that the truth? What's that? I said I'd be careful about referring to Trump as a liar in some parts because you know some people don't like that. Yeah, oh, I, you, you, I know they don't like. You know the what? Truth. You know what show you called into, don't you? Yeah, the fishing fishing show. Oh. <laughs> yeah, oh. let's talk fishing. Well, yeah, man. exactly. The outdoor show. Let's, let's talk, talk outdoors. Fish. Let's talk fishing. Because don't get me started. I can go in the other direction with you, Gary. Yeah. Well, if Top Gun stops it, I can. Ah, no, we're not starting nothing. Nah. <laughs> we're not starting anything. We're not going anywhere. So, what's your question today, Gary? Well, there you go. Okay. I didn't do that, just for the record. All right, good. He hung well, up himself. See you, Gary. All right, let's go talk to uh, Greg. He's got a GPS question. Good morning, Greg. Hey, I'm quite sure mine going to be a lot easier than that. <laughs> um, I have a Garmin 160 that came with the boat. A little old. And I turned it on one day, and it had a black screen. So I've been trying to figure out or find out where I can get my numbers downloaded because it's got a little funky-looking SD card. It's not the. Yes, yeah, the little chip. Yeah, it's like a oblong or, or it's not just squared off. You know what I'm saying? But it, but it does come out, right? Yes, I have it in my hand right now. Okay. <laughs> um, I I don't know exactly what kind of chips those are. Yeah. Can you, can you send us a picture? I can. Yeah, send us a picture. If you can't do it on Facebook or Instagram, just uh, get Chris's number and send it to us. So what you're trying to do is to take this chip, get all the information off of it so that you can transfer it to a new unit. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, is it a thumbnail or a fingernail drive? So Some of them are as big as your thumbnail, some as big as your pinky your nail. Your pinky. It looks like a pinky size. Okay, so that's an insert that goes in a thumbnail drive that yeah. you can download into your laptop. If you want to, that's a, it's a micro SD card. Micro Thank SD. You, Thank you, Chris. And then and then they make these little adapters that are like a regular SD card, and you drop that little one inside into it. it. That's right. Yeah. And then you can just plug that into your laptop. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So uh, I'm far from techie. So it's I, I, it's it's all black magic and voodoo. I'm man. same. I'm the same way. <laughs> I'm right there with you, Craig. <laughs> we ain't lying. <laughs> Yeah, we we uh we are not afraid to ask for help. No, when it comes to some of these things, and I I I think one of the one of the great things that you can do, or what I would recommend, is that uh, some of these places like uh, West Marine, I know West Marine usually has some some really helpful guys up in there. The guys that work in the electronics department, some of those places will be able to tell you, say, hey, look, you know, you can do this or you can do that with it, mm-hmm. you know, but. I, I I can't offer you help on that other than to tell you that, man, if you can find somebody to do it for you, which is what we would be doing, we'd be like, yeah. hey, man, you know anybody yeah. that uh, can yeah. do this? I've done that a lot with my units because every year I get a new boat, I've got to download my Lowrance into a fingernail drive. Here's a, here's, here's a good way to do SD this. SD card. Real quick. Yeah. Does anybody out there call in yep. and see if they can help Greg out with, uh, with saving – this card and then putting it into a new unit or however he's supposed to go about yeah. that because 
I don't know. And if somebody can help him, 641-1010. So, Greg, stay on the line. Chris is going to get right. your number. And then okay. uh, and then we're going to see if we can put you in touch with somebody that can help you out because I know that's – I'm with you, man. When it comes to some of that stuff, I, I need help. Too. I got to Google it. Yeah, I'm getting ready for the Great American Red Snapper Run with the one snapper limit. You know, I got to <laughs> – I know. I need my numbers. I know. It's, I it's, it's, hey, listen, we don't talk politics on this show. <laughs> <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't go there. I just nope. You did good. <laughs> I appreciate it, guys. All right. Thank All right, you, man. Greg. Appreciate it. And uh, stay on line. Chris is going to get your info, and we'll see if we can hook you up with somebody that can can help you out there. All right. Let's go uh, talk, talk to uh, Top Gun. Top Gun, no politics, man. No politics. I feel a need. For speed, what's going on? Hey, it's man. all good. It's all good. I don't know about politics. I don't know if what I'm going to talk about is considered politics. But y'all got me wound up this morning. Uh oh. Uh oh. Are you trying to tell me now we got gay junkies? Well, <laughs> I didn't bring that up. I didn't use that term. That was uh, somebody else, and we'll just let that one lay. Well, what do they call them? Flysexual? <laughs> I don't know, man. We just defer. Now that's good. That's pretty funny. <laughs> that's good, Top Gun. <laughs> we just. I mean, to I'm trying to figure of... this thing out. Yeah. And spilling a... coffee all over me and everything. I think other people are trying to figure it out too. And they're oh, still Lord. trying I don't to figure get, it out. I yeah. don't get it. Well. And and the other thing that got me wound up is, you know, I'm sick and tired. I saw a thing on the sports channel where this little gal, she swam for some big college. I don't know what the college was. I don't remember. Mm -hmm, But mm -hmm. she had made All-American in her event three years in a row. I think it was a 200 freestyle or something like that. Okay. Well, well, in her her uh, whatever it's called national meet, her senior year or whatever, uh, she had to swim against a guy that was about six one, wore about a size thirteen shoe, shoulders like Arnold Schwarzenegger, and she got second, so she didn't make All American. Because oh, yeah. cause, cause the guy beat her. Mm-hmm. Like, we've got to get somebody in some of these meets, whatever they are, and go up, that can go up to that person and say, look, if you want to swim with the women, uh, more power to you. But uh, whatever place you get, you're not going to place. You're not going to get that place. And when they go, well, why not? They go, because you're a man. LPS, baby. All right. There you go. There you have it. That solves it. (laughs) Okay. See, nobody thought of that one. Yeah, I mean, why why would he even let him in the race? I know. I don't get that. That's a sore subject with me. Don't get me started. Yeah, I'm trying to move it on. Avoid it, yeah. All right, so, uh, again, Greg called in about a GPS that he has, what we believe is a mini SD card. 
And uh, if and then I know we had uh, Chris was working the board a little bit. So if anybody has or can help Greg to to take the numbers that he's got off of his current Garmin 100 type series GPS unit, yeah, and help him download it to something else, then please call us at 904-641-1010 yeah. so that we can hook a brother up. Okay? Yeah. All right. Uh, we're going to take a break whenever Chris is ready. And he's almost ready. And then when we come back, the book that I have been reading, which mm-hmm. is about a guy that raises these turkeys in the flatwoods. Right. And they, it is, and they bond with him. It is It is pretty incredible. And yeah. Why I think one of the neat things that he he talks about in this book, which the book is called Illumination in the Flatwoods, and it's by a guy by the name of Joe Hutto, H-U-T-T-O. He talks about how some of the experiences that he has with these turkeys Mm -hmm. just happen. In other words, they, they have it from day one, and he talks about that, and it's just interesting conversation, and he kind of relates that to human beings a little bit. And so I want to talk about that when we come back right here on the Nimnik Buick GMC Outdoor Show. That's a little bit what it sounds like when I start doing some service on the tractors this week. I start banging and hammering and... Man, if you got a tractor, you get used to beating on it with a, either a rubber mallet or a five-pound maul. I'm doing the old change. I'm doing the old change on all of them this week. Oh, I've got to pull a filter out of my hydraulic lift. Gonna today. be fun stuff. That's gonna be interesting. Put on some old clothes. Get that tractor yeah, parked you, in you the dirt. You don't wear your good shoes or your good clothes around no. a tractor because it'll ruin them no. quick. Diesel. Oh. Hey, uh, if if. Uh, you need a tire, folks, tire outlet, locations all across Jacksonville. And the crazy thing is, is that they've gotten us tires for our wagons, for golf carts, ATVs, SUVs, trucks, you name it, trailers. Mm-hmm. They do it all at the tire outlet, multiple locations. And just remember, what's the, what's the little jingle again, Chris? Wholesale prices, premium service. Tire outlet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, sing it. Hey, I, I got guitars in the car if you want me to bring one in. I can uh, do the uh, full sweet. rendition. Yeah. Next time you need to bring one in. Yeah, do it. And do the jingle with the guitar. All right, uh, Greg, I think it was, had a question about the mini SD card. David is calling in with possibly a solution. So let's go talk to Dave this morning. Morning, David. Hey, morning, guys. Love the show. One of my favorite parts of Saturday morning. Oh, thank you. Um, hey, so I had a very similar problem um, with my Garmin model. It sounds like we have a similar one and uh, ended up going with a Lowrance. But what you can do is go to Walmart and they, they make this SD card reader that actually plugs in. They make them for iPhones and Androids. It's a little, you know, two-inch by two-inch cube. You put that SD card in there and then you can go to, Garmin, you can go to your app store and download the Garmin app. And you make an account, and then it'll let you information from that SD card into your Garmin account. And then you can, you know, you, if you want brand for something else, you can do the same process just in reverse. You download the app, it transfers back on that SD card, or leave it there. That's a great and idea. You can upload it. That's to, awesome. You can look. You can upload it to 
to anything. So it's, it's, it's an awesome. So it's just as simple as going to to Wally Mart and you buy the attachment Adapter. that goes on your iPhone, iPhone or Droid, yep. Droid, and then you yep. plug the SD card into that, into that, yep, and it downloads yep. to an app on your phone, either a Garmin yep. or Lowrance. He said that's okay. so yep, cool. You can do, like I said, it's a little square cube and it's got a cord on it. I think you can get them that have both the Android or the iPhone cord on it. The one I have just has the iPhone, but right. it's about $25 and, and you can use it to upload, you know, photo, like if you have a camera, photos, that's, that's how we use them to upload, uh, from our cameras to our phone. All right. So I have a question. How do you upload it from your phone? Once you download it to your phone, how do you upload it from your phone to your new unit unit? Yeah. You'd have to load it so to the SD just- card. You would, yeah. You would just reverse the SD card, so they I all gotcha. have SD yeah. cards. Okay, so if it if it goes, let's say it goes from a mini SD card to an SD, then you'd have to buy a different adapter to to download right, it to the SD card to plug it in. Cool. That's very cool. And That's, they make yeah. The, yeah, they make the little adapters that you just put the mini ones into the larger ones, and then you can also, if you want to duplicate that information to another SD card, you can do that as well. Very cool. Thank you, David. That's uh, that's great right. information. Thanks, guys. You have a great weekend. Thank you, David. That's awesome. All right, uh, before I go on to this conversation about the book that I've been reading, wanted to just send out a a big congratulations to to Ryan, uh, which his last name is spelled C-A-T-O-E, Cato, Cato, however you want to pronounce it. I'm not exactly sure, but congratulations to him and his wife and their two daughters. Because uh, they already have two daughters, and they just had and found out that uh, his wife is going to be having a boy. And uh, they did a cool thing. And, uh, Kirk, I know you're big into gender reveals. You know, when it comes to the birth of a new baby, I know you're big into that. Hippies, are you saying I'm a hippie? <laughs> so I think they, there was some hippie in there. The, the husband and wife, Ryan and his wife, and the two girls, and the father-in-law, they go out to a bridge, and they've got – this lure that's tied onto the fishing pole, and then they have the girls reel it in, and on the end of the fishing pole is a lure that is painted blue, and on the side of it it says, it's a boy. And so the girls got to find out that they were going to have a brother by reeling in the fishing pole and seeing this lure and seeing that it says, it's a boy. That's cool stuff. So congratulations, great story. Thank you for sharing, Ryan. And the name of the child is going to be River. Came from all over the water. Is that it? Uh, no, he said it's Gil. <laughs> what? No, that's funny. No, they didn't no. give us the name. No name. No, <laughs> no name, name yet. No name. Okay. Oh, come ba- on. Well, baby River Coteau. Maybe it is going to be River. Yeah, I thought it, the River's the name of the. The little one. Well, that'd be cool. My best friend. River his, came his from our love River. of the water yeah. and Keith after my papa. I think that's cool, man. That is very cool. Congratulations. Cool. Congratulations. Yeah. Congratulations. Thanks for sharing. That is cool. But I think Gil would have been awesome. Yeah, that's funny. For a boy? Matches your shirt. Sure. Matches shirt. That, I think that'd be okay. Hey, No, there's a, a Gil Gerard played Buck Rogers on TV back in the 80s. Gil, uh, Gil Gibson? <laughs> Kirk, right? The guys? Gil uh, Gibbs? Gibbs, I mean, yeah. Gibbs, yeah. Gil is who, a good uh, friend of mine, Gil Gibbs. Yeah, who yeah. Uh, you turned me on to and I've talked to many times. Yep. And that crew, uh, the railroad guy. Alex, yeah. Yeah. And Gil. And Helped you get the flat car. Yeah, for make the bridge. bridge. Yeah. See, cool. Gil. Excellent. Let's, that. just push, a great name. let's just push for that. 
Hopefully okay. in great, 2022, great we'll have an outdoor show listener who has a boy, and they'll name him Gil. And Chris can say, yeah. That's yeah, right. I, I came up that with that idea. idea. That was my idea. Yeah, right. All right, so um, I got to just – Godfather. Be, before we go to the Kirby Co. Inc., uh, Kirby Co. Builders Cooking Tip of the Week, Kirk, you uh, you had a, a client on the boat this week in which you caught a black drum that was about 100 pounds, and a picture was posted up on Facebook. And, Chris, did you see the giant black drum? I did, and did I you? also saw the giant afro on did the Did you kid. see the hair <laughs> on that guy? <laughs> my boy. Oh, my God. Yeah. My boy had some hair now. Had quite a bit I of hair. I was that? worried that Hayden that- was going to get his hair. They're from Atlanta. <laughs> Hayden's from Atlanta, him and his dad. And we fished for my buddy Howard, and we had terrible weather. It rained. That it ball blew, cap was hanging on for dear life. <laughs> and we hooked two of these big monsters. And I was so worried that Hayden was going to get his hair caught in the braid when he was fighting the fish. Hayden has got some hair, dude. He does. Dude's he does. got some hair. Going to the University of Alabama. So nice. Congratulations. Sure. He's headed him. off to school here soon. But he caught this fish. We caught it on a half of a blue crab, and it fought him for about 30 minutes. Wow. And you can see my head looks like it's about to explode. That's a heavy fish. Because I've got the whole weight of that fish on my right knee and in my two hands, (laughs) and my blood vessels on my neck are about to blow up because that thing weighed close to 100 pounds. Golly. I I weigh 225. This fish was enormous. It wouldn't fit in any net I had. I had to grab it by the mouth, and we drug it up. I tried to be very gentle with it because I could tell it was an old fish. Hayden did not want to hold it. So you can see Hayden's dad's hand on the far yeah. left of the picture holding what the tail. Mean Hayden didn't want to hold it. Hold it. mess up his hair? Listen, it, it, it would have flung that kid 20 feet off the bow of that boat. It was bunker. bleeding. <laughs> and it, was, it started to bleed a little bit. I wanted to get it back in the water, and it was dripping all. And he's like doing the ooh. Oh, and I'm like, come on. I was like, dude, grab it, grab it. And his dad reaches over. It's either his dad or Howard's hand, and they grab the fish on the tail, and it it was that heavy. I could barely hold it. I was doing everything I could to hold that fish up, and I look like my head's about to blow up. I, I was like, take the picture. Take it quick. <laughs> Kirk, dying here. Kirk, you should have taken some of the blood off your hands and your leg and wiped it Wiped it around his face. Yeah. I should have bled him like we do the deer yeah, hunter thing. Yeah, I told him it was like, you know, this is a tradition. Yep, that's it's right. It's required. He should have wiped it in his hair. He yes, never found totally it. totally played it up. He got a little <laughs> bit on his hand, and he's like, oh, that's nasty. And this was a big male, so it was all over the boat. There was slime everywhere. It it destroyed the inside of my boat. But <laughs> that's great. We got it vented <laughs> and got it back picture. in. It weighed as close to 100 pounds as any fish I've caught out there. Wow. It was a monster. That's a giant. Old fish. Yeah. And we did, folks, we – we got him vented, got him safely back in the water. And I always recommend, look, 20, 25-pounder, you can eat those, but when they mm-hmm. get real big like that, just let them go. Let them go. Let them go. Yeah, man. when I saw the picture, there was two thoughts. First of all, I was like, look at the size of the fish. Yep. And then it was, look at the size of the hair. <laughs> yeah, I know. It was <laughs> immense. <laughs> Which, I mean, hey, look, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I he think looks like cool. that rocker. But yeah, he's got, he totally got uh, – Who had hair like that? The 1980s hair band hair. What was it? The, the, the guy, uh, Peter Frampton. Looks like Jimmy Page he or looks like Peter Plant. Looks like Peter Frampton. Yeah, Peter Frampton back in the day. Yeah, man. <laughs> That's cool. That, that was funny. All right, let's take a break. Uh, we come back. We'll do a Kirby Co. Builders cooking tip of the week. Uh, Captain Kirk is going to try to surpass Gordon Groon's famous beef ribs recipe. He's going to give it a shot. And uh, we'll do an updated weather and an updated tides right here on the Nimnik Buick GMC Outdoor Show. 
Welcome back to the Nimnik Chevrolet Outdoor Show. It's time now for the Kirby Co-Builders Cooking Tip of the Week. Kirby Co-Builders has been building since 1999 and is an industry leader and proven provider of framing, drywall, interior, and exterior finishing on both commercial and residential products. You can go to kirbycobuilders.com to learn more. This week's cooking tip, it's not the lobster fish cakes, it's the... Beef rib recipe from Captain Kirk. This, uh, the, you actually sent a picture of this to uh, to the group. Yep. And it was, I guess it was last week. Yeah, I did. Uh, I think and, I did those Monday wow. or Yeah, the Tuesday. earlier this week or something. And yeah. I was like, man, that looks really good. They came out really good. I was a little surprised. Um, I, I had found this uh, prime rib rub-a-dub blend at Hagen. <laughs> And it's a uh, Chris chuckling in the background. It's a it's a prime rib rub. <laughs> rub, and it's, rub got, dub. it's got it's got salt, pepper, garlic powder in it, uh, dried Worcestershire powder in it. It's got a rosemary, which is kind of unique. Mm-hmm. I like a lot of different spices. And I just sat there one day. I was, I was Kate was like, "Are you going to cook dinner?" And I said, "Yeah." So I pulled a rack out, and I'm like, "You, Jeff, I always take meat, steaks, and." pork whenever I'm cooking it and, and take it out of the refrigerator yeah. and let it rest on the counter for about 45 minutes yeah. until it gets to room temperature. And I came up with this idea. I said, you know, I'm going to rub it. I kind of went, went, went back to the days when I was working in restaurants 35 years ago, and I took uh, probably a half a cup of olive oil, quarter cup of olive oil, and poured it into a mixing bowl, and then I added a tablespoon of the, the rub-a-dub to it, and basically just rub the ribs down real generously with it. Mm-hmm. And then I cut up a large Valdelia onion, which is my favorite onion. And then I cut up uh, a bunch of carrots and clean them about a pound. And I lined the bottom of the baking dish with a little bit of olive oil, the carrots, and the onions. Laid the ribs on top. Mm-hmm. Basically just baked the ribs for 45 minutes. As is. As no is. No barbecue sauce. Nothing. nothing. Okay. And that gave the... The olive oil and the rub a chance to seize onto the meat and flavor it real good. And then after it had been in there for 45 minutes, I pulled it out and I added the Sweet Baby Rays that Carrie Favor turned me on Tremendous. It's the best barbecue sauce. It's the best store-bought barbecue sauce that there is, in my opinion. And I put it all in there and just brushed it on and put it back in the oven for about 10 or 15 minutes. And you can see the last picture. That's how they came out. And The genius part of this is that when you you put the beef ribs on top of the veggies, and you can put all kinds of veggies in the bottom. If you want to add more than just carrots and onions, you could add peppers, add it, you whatever go you want. At it. Yep, cabbage, whatever you want. Anything to do. you want to add. And but the the genius of it is is that when this when the beef ribs, which is beef ribs are fatty, right? When they cook, all that good fatty juice runs down into them veggies and just makes them taste so much better. It does, and you don't have to put any flavoring or any salt and pepper on them, and all you do is take them out of the pan, drain them out. Usually I'll put them in a skillet and just toss them a couple times. Who's talking about draining them? (laughs) I'm talking about getting that fatty stuff all over them, man. It was delicious. Uh, That looks really good. I ate those for two nights. I ate them one night. 375, 45 minutes, and then put it back in after brushing some Sweet Baby Rays on for another 10 minutes. That's all it takes to cook? Yep, that's it. Well, these are individual beef ribs. Now, these short ribs or these full? Those are full rack ribs. So that's one full side rack cut up. These aren't the big plate ribs, though, the big giant dinosaurs. No, no, no. Those aren't the Brontus Burke. I want to make sure we're, we're clear on that. Yeah. Yeah, good recipe. I like that. All right, uh, let's go to the phone lines. Ed's going to share us 
uh, maybe a turkey story. Morning, Ed. Uh, good morning. Morning. I just wanted to say uh, I was listening to you about the uh, hen coming up and strutting or whatever. Yeah. I had that happen to me last year. Um, the hen snuck up beside me, and she was only 10 or 12 feet from me, and it was drizzling rain. And she went into a full strut, and I could not get my camera out or my phone, and uh, here come the rain. And it, it come down so hard, I just got up and left. But uh, it was pretty cool. How about that, man? It's, I, I've, I've never, never seen, seen that. that. Yeah. I haven't either. I, no, I hadn't. I've been hunting over 30 years for turkeys, and uh, I've had them. Hens come up and spread their tails and yeah. peck up my decoy and all that. You know, yeah, but I've never a, seen them go into that full-blown strut fan, you know, tuck their head back. You no. know, I've never seen that. Not even, I mean, you'd think that you might see it even during deer season when you see flocks of them walk by yeah. and they start doing their thing, but that's different. Well, so, Ed, the uh, the book that I'm reading, which is called Illumination in the Flatwoods by Joe Hutto, and he, he actually raises these turkeys from uh, eggs, basically eggs. Yeah, uh, wow. He's got you know two clutches of eggs, and then they hatch, and he raises them. About when I say raise them, he spends basically every day, and he literally goes day by day with a journal and talks about all of their doings. And, and literally he, like, stays with them when they roost until they go to sleep, and then he leaves and then comes back. And then, I mean, it's just really neat how he did this. And – one of the things that he talks about in this book, Ed, is about how the hens display gobbler-type behavior at times. And he said it's neat that they do strut and, and uh, how that sometimes the, the males will be submissive and then the hens will be submissive. It's almost like they take turns, but it's pretty neat to see and how he talks about how they interact. And so if you wanted to read a really good book about turkey behavior, I think it's an excellent read, Ed and, and Kirk. You guys, you got to yeah. read this book. I think you'll really yeah. enjoy it. Yeah, I'll have to check that out. Uh, did he do a documentary a he few did. years back? Yeah, he did. I saw one. I saw it where he stayed out with them day by day. Yep. and that was cool. Yeah, the the so neat I thing. How he could do it. Yeah, the neat thing about the book is is that you get you get obviously a lot more in depth with a TV show. It it's kind of a kind of a cliff notes version usually. Right. Sometimes. Uh-huh. And so with the book, you get so much more detail and experiences. And one thing that he talks about that is very, very unique, he talks about there are certain things that are just innate in a turkey and that they know to eat certain things and they know not to eat certain things. And he's like, it's so wild how that they come out of the egg and they know. It's yeah, like years of programming. It's just, it's there. How does that happen? So, uh, but anyway. It's called God. It's called God. Yes, Exactly. Thank you, Ed. Appreciate it, buddy. Hey, uh, I just wanted to let you know I'm heading to the gate. I got a turkey in the back. Good for you. Congratulations. Congratulations. That's awesome. All right. Good good hunt? Uh, well, I, I wasn't expecting to see any down here in these uh, short planted pines and just happened to be walking down the road, heard him gobble, set up, and he called, and here he comes. Ain't that something? That's great, man. Congratulations. That's cool. Okay. Thank you, Ed. Thank you. That's Thank cool. You. Hey, send us a picture if you yeah, get a send picture us a of picture. it. All right. Yeah, That's congratulations. Cool. That's cool stuff. But the, the uh, but the book though, it, it's very unique, and he talks about how almost like humans were, we are sometimes afraid of things that we never have experienced. Right. Chris, snakes, okay, wolf spiders, yay, and, yeah. and all these Yippee things, okay. Yay. But with turkeys, they know they they like. 
without having been taught anything, they just know that certain things, a hawk flying overhead, yeah. a snake, a rattlesnake versus like a black snake, right. they know the difference. One's dangerous, one is not. I can it's see just me there telling my wife, I was chuckling a little while ago because I see me, yeah, I can't, can't come home today, honey. I'm, I'm with the turkeys, you know. I know. Uh, how long you be with those turkeys? Spends every days, day, ninety days. Spend every he spends every day with these turkeys. For how long? Well, I'm right now into August. Okay, oh. and these things were born in, in June. April? Oh, okay. April, you know, May, June. May, June. Okay. Because I mean, this is a you know in, in our neck days. of the woods here. So I mean, he's taught, I'm talking like six, like I don't know, sixty plus yeah, days. Tara, I don't know how long home. he goes with them. That must have smelled Tara, great. Me and the turkeys are going for a walk. But it's neat. Check to, you later. You know, and TV can only explain so much detail. A yeah. book, you yeah. can get tremendous oh, detail. Yeah. Anyway, check it out, it, folks. I, Illumination in the Flatwoods. Yeah. All right, uh, let's do an updated weather, updated tides. We'll start with an updated weather forecast brought to you by the Bearded Pig. It's going to be windy today, folks. Uh, northwest or west winds 15 to 20, increasing to 20 to 25, shifting to northwest 20 to 25 tonight. And then tomorrow, backing off a little bit, northwest 5 to 10 knots. Ocean will be about 2 to 3 feet. Monday, calming down a little bit. South winds 5 to 10 knots, becoming southeast 10 to 15 in the afternoon. Seas 1 to 2. Tuesday, it's going to be 2 to 3 feet with southerly winds about 5 to 10 knots. And a tides report brought to you by the best sub shop in Jacksonville. Our favorite Angie's. Best French fries, period. Oh. Not even close, and mix a little bit of the ranch and the Peruvian together, and it's the best French fry dipping sauce that there is, of course. And or just gives you a good salad, in my opinion. And uh, whatever sub you like, they've got great subs and uh, hot toasted, yum yum yum, good stuff. A tides for, I'm telling you, I love it. At Mayport, a guy I can't get enough, man. The Mayport Bar Pilot docks today at 9:30, just about oh, about 25, 26 minutes ago, low tide. 3.37 p.m. this afternoon is going to be a high tide, and that's a 3.5. Thank you to all of our sponsors, advertisers, including Moe's, Welcome to Moe's Southwest Grill, Steen Hatchie River Club, Angie Subs, Strike Zone, Shimano, Whalen Bay Marine, Kirby Co. Builders, Inc., Tire Outlet, CNH Marine Construction, Atlantic Coast Marine Consignment Boat Sales, LV Hires, Inc., Hagen Coastal Outfitters, Shark Coatings, Coastal Equipment, Thick Pan Heating and Cooling, Claude Nolan Cadillac, The Bearded Pig, Ring Power and a Cat Rental Store, and of course the Nimnik family of dealerships, Buick and GMC on Phillips Highway and Chevrolet on Cassett. We'll talk to everybody next weekend. Don't forget we will be live at the uh, Fish Bites location. Check out our Facebook, Instagram post. Come down and join us next Saturday. Everybody have a great weekend and uh, stay safe and enjoy the weather. There you go. See ya. See ya. I'll have my problems to thank. Cause I'm hooked on hooking up And there is